Retro nonsense in the house, y'all. Autobots, transform and roll out. No, I am your father. No! No, Joe! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Hello and welcome to the Retro Nonsense Podcast. I'm Duke and with me as always is my good friend Chris Roberts. It is January and it's uh, episode 25 we're on and it's a brand new year. Chris, how was your how was your new year? Ah, pretty good, man. Um, drank a few cocktails. Good. Overall, man, no, no, nobody got hurt, so that's always good. <laughs> Did you have a good holiday overall? You, you get a lot of time off, right, with your work? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still off right now. So I know, it's, that's nice. Yeah, I, I still don't, I don't go back till Monday. Um, I'm not really looking forward to it. I could just not work. Like, I kind of like this. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I'm sure you do. I mean, do. you know, obviously I have to work, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. No, this is good, man. Uh, relaxing. I haven't really accomplished anything, to be honest. I mean, a little bit of hunting here and there and nothing. Any of those plans I had for the vacation went out the window. So. <laughs> but there was one thing that didn't, uh, the relaxing part. Uh, I took a lot of time just to, you know, hang out, relax, spend time with people and, you know. Yeah. That's about it. Good. That's good. Glad to hear it. How about you? How was your you have a good holiday? Yeah, I did. It was great. Um I didn't get as much time off as you. I just took a couple days off um for Christmas. Um so I had like a four four day weekend, which was great. Um but yeah, I had a great holiday. Um a couple of things to note that stood out this year were my daughter was in the Nutcracker, um, which was a big performance. She's a dancer. She's been dancing since she was a little girl, like four years old. And she'll be 16 this month, so she's not a little girl anymore. But um, this was a big performance that she got to be in, um, a professional performance of the Nutcracker. So she's been practicing and working hard for months uh, for the big round of shows. She was in 11 shows altogether, uh, all throughout December. So obviously that made our Christmas season very hectic and busy because we had to you know get her back and forth to all the practices and everything um, and all the shows but it was really fun and it was she had a pretty good sized part for her you know she's a younger dancer and this was a professional performance so she was uh, she got three different roles altogether and her main role was the Admiral's daughter so she was on stage with that role for a good 25 minutes or so um, and it was really cool to see her up on stage and with all the, you know, pro dancers and everything. So that was a really highlight of uh, one of the highlights of our Christmas season this year was to get to see her a couple times performing the Nutcracker. So that was really really cool and very proud of her. And she did very well. So that was a certainly a notable part of our Christmas season. Um, aside from that, um, it was you know standard fare. We had family over. It was very cold this year for Christmas here in Maryland. It was like, uh, I think Christmas Eve, it got down to like nine degrees, which I like. I like it when it's cold for Christmas because I hate it when it's all muggy or, you know, unseasonably warm or something. So for me, that was really cool that it was nice and cold that weekend. Uh, What was the weather like in California? I guess it's always kind of warmer there, obviously. 
Well, I mean, it's perspective. I mean, it. I, I wouldn't say it was warm here, but I mean, it wasn't uh, Buffalo weather with a blizzard. So yeah, um, there was some rain. You know, a little bit of rain throughout the last few weeks. So your your winters in California, where you live, get what? What is like? What is kind of a typical cold? cold day um we could hit zero degrees but it's not it's i mean uh whatever 32 zero mm-hmm. whichever one it is you know we can hit freezing there, it does happen um but it's not it if it does it's not constant i mean there's what there's times where the farmers are worried about the oranges and the pipes are busting for people and stuff like that but right uh, we're not getting snow um so, I mean, it's all relative. Like, I mean, if you live in an environment that's normally a certain temperature and then it gets like, you know, a, a third of that, that's cold. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right, right. But, um, you know, we're not uh, we're not shoveling and we're not, you know, blowtorching our driveways or any of that <laughs> stuff. So, I, I, I like the weather here. I mean, the summer sucks, but again, I'll take my summer over your summer any day. Yeah, because um, you don't like the humidity, so. right? Well, nobody does. Who likes well, humidity? Who's around there just like uh, loving the humidity? Yeah, I don't know. Probably nobody. <laughs> nobody, nobody does. I mean, your grass looks greener. I'll give you that, but um, <laughs> I'll take a dry heat over a wet heat. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think most people would. And the that's mu- why a lot of you people miserable. on the East Coast move down to. Well, you moved to Florida, but you do have a lot of people who move to like Arizona and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Well, they Florida retire in Arizona. Florida is way worse than Maryland. Like, I know that's what I was yeah. saying. Like, I stopped myself because I started <laughs> to think Florida, but I'm like, ah, that's got to be worse. But, um, like but you know, you yeah. get a lot of people when they do come from the West Coast, um, Arizona, California, Nevada. Those seem mm-hmm. to be destination points because of the dry heat. Right. Well, before we get too much further, I, I forgot to mention the uh, the beat the bandy challenge. Um, it, it we're off. We're gonna be off this month. So says. Matt the Bandy himself, so he he wants to take a month off. Um, we we just got through playing Gauntlet. I had a lot of fun with that. I haven't played that in a while, so we played the NES version of Gauntlet. Um, but I was wondering, Chris, are you interested at all in, in doing a, a Duke and Chris challenge uh, this month? Do you have time for that, or is that something you probably wouldn't want to do? Uh, I guess it depends on what the challenge is. But um, I was going to let you you, know. you pick the game. You pick the game, and oh. we'll... Well, I'm going to pick the game that I'm good at and that you're not good at. That's fine. I'm not afraid <laughs> of a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, you don't have to pick it right now. We can put it on the Discord, yeah. but... I, I, if... I'm not opposed to it, you know what I mean? I wouldn't mind uh, seeing if you can get the bad ending on the DuckTales or get it, you know... Okay. Well, we'll think about it. Um, I, 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 you know, I want to thank Matt again for him putting this together because I, I really do enjoy doing it. And it's pretty much him and I every month and that's it. I know it sucks. I, I always say I'm going to do it and I just never get around to it, man. I, there's always something else to do. And yeah. But what I like about it is it kind of, you know, forces me to come out in my room and, and play a retro game, much like the cartridge yeah. club kind of used to do. Um, They've gotten, they kind of got more into modern games these days. So I don't, uh, get involved in much with them, but I, w- I really appreciate that Matt comes up with a retro game to play every month, and it gets me out in my room, and gives me a challenge, and I really enjoy it. So, mm-hmm. um, I'd rather not skip a month. So, if you're interested in in coming up with a game that you and I can play together while he takes his break, uh, 
by all means, let me know. Put it on the Discord. I, I will tell you something I was trying during the holidays. Um, I was trying to do a no-death run on um, Zelda, the first Zelda. And, wow. man, I was so mad at myself. I got to, like, I don't know what. What is there, 10 dungeons? I was, I was no, no, not 10. Was there eight, I think? I got to, I got to the sixth dungeon. I beat it. And uh, I just did, I just lost focus on what I was doing and ended up dying just like walking around. Doing stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. like, dude, what? Why? I just forgot. I just like kind of like just started messing around. I was fighting with some, you know, I don't know their names, but the little dudes that pop out of the ground and those little whirly birds that you can't, you can only hit when they land. Uh -huh. And uh, next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I'm almost out of power. I need to hurry up and get somewhere to refill. And I was trying to make my way to um, – I was trying to avoid everything and make my way. I should have just toughed it out and just tried to fight something. But, yeah, and I got uh, – something popped up and hit me. And I'm just like, I can't believe I did that. Oh, man. I was cruising, man. Like, ah. That so yeah, that, that'd be quite the accomplishment. No death run Zelda. I, I don't think uh, – yeah. that'd be pretty hard for sure. I, I think I could do it because I, I can get through all the dungeons independently on one life. So I don't know mm -hmm. why I couldn't string it together. You know what I mean? I just got to. Yeah. It really just takes some practice on the dungeons just to get refreshed, if anything else. You know what I mean? It's not mm -hmm. really about beating them. I know the strategies, but right. um, it, it's just always going to be like just the dumb stuff. You know, like those little dudes with the knives or, you know, I don't know. You, you, I forgot what the those little night. Yeah, I, they, that... they got the weirdest names, you know. Who who knows? All the Zelda creatures I, have I know, like likes forget. and yeah. yeah, all that stuff. So. Right, the snakes are called ropes. I ropes, mean, this is yeah. Dumb stuff, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. The bat, the bats are like, are they tech? Oh no, the spiders are tech tights. Tech tights. Yep. It's just, yep. Yeah, it's it, there's some levers in there somewhere. Now levers, I remember that yep, stupid yep. commercial. The commercial, right? right. <laughs> Right. You know, think about if you want to do a, a challenge and pick a game, and that's fine. And obviously, anybody else can join in as well. But if sure. you want to come up with something that's um, that's your idea, then we'll we'll do that for this month. For, uh, I, I, give me some thought. I mean, right okay. now I've been focusing on Tony Hawk. I was, uh, I've been playing Tony Hawk 3 a little bit too. I, I forgot about that. I'm staring you right in the face. So my controller, I, it feels like I'm almost running out of PlayStation 2 controllers. They all seem to have some sort of little glitch about them. And I was digging mm. around and then I found, um, like, it must have been a late model PlayStation 1 controller. It looked like a PlayStation 2 controller, but the tip uh, where you connect in is, is gray. So I'm assuming that means it was a PlayStation 1 DualShock. Mm. But it works, so <laughs> I was like, oh. cool. So I, I was trying to beat it. Uh, I mean, I've beaten the game many times, but I wanted to clear it with every skater. That's and now cool. I'm down to finishing up with the... Um, I have, like, two more, like, the secret characters. So uh, I was beating it with this surfer guy. I think his, uh, I think his last name is Slater or something. I just beat it with him. So uh, I'm on to one more, and it's just like some demon chick. So cool. I've been doing good on the play. You get a lot of experience with uh, Tony Hawk. Was that something that was in your wheelhouse? 
I've never played it. You've never played Tony Hawk? No. Oh. What? How could you do that? I've never had bad? a I've ne well, I never had a PlayStation uh Remember, I went from uh, you know N sixty four to the X or to the GameCube and Xbox, so I, I skipped over that. So I've only I only got yeah, it in PlayStation. The Xbox had Tony Hawk. It was a little later. Oh, but they had I, it. I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah, they had they had a, a Tony Hawk port, which at gotcha. the time was kind of a superior port because it it had a little bit of extras to it. Gotcha. I was always kind of jealous of that. They 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 didn't have it initially. It took them a little while. They didn't get it originally, but. Um, if I'm remembering the time, there might be somebody out there who's like punching their radio right now or their phone or whatever right now. But, um, but yeah, there was something about it. I don't think it came out right when it hit PlayStation because everything I think started on the PlayStation and the Dreamcast and then it eventually got ported. If yeah. I remember the time right. Well, yeah, don't anyways. get me wrong. I, I I appreciate the PlayStation and PlayStation Two. Um, I have several of them currently, and I have a small yeah. library of games. Hey, did you see that picture I got? Uh, I sent on Twitter the other day. Of a friend of mine came over, out of the blue, and just said, "Here, here's a big box." And I opened it up, and there's a, a PS Two in there, a bunch of controllers and games, and a um, guitar for Guitar Hero, and an Xbox 360. He gave me all his like, you know that era of gaming in a big giant box i was like whoa so i haven't really had a time uh, much time yet to sort through it and kind of catalog it but there were some really like classic games in there tomb raider games um it's right here let me take a look at it real quick yeah i'm looking at it right now you have fat ps2 looks like at least two controllers has some playstation one games in there yeah i'm pulling out the games right now. i'll just go real quick i got the, a couple namco collections here um I've got uh, a bunch of Tomb Raider games. Uh, we got Test Drive, uh, Test Drive 3, Need for Speed, One Extreme. I don't know what that is. Um, Tomb Raider, Arcade Greatest Hits, which are always cool, these compilation discs. More Tomb Raider, Tetris Plus. Oh, Final Fantasy VII. Got that. Um, oh, here's a, another Namco collection. Uh, what is this one here? Gran Turismo. So, you know, some of the ones you hear about a lot. I don't know much about yeah. these games, but it was really cool that he just stopped by. Well, at the time, me. they were a big deal. Yeah, so anyway, I'll, I'll catalog those. I'll probably, you know, throw some in and check them out. You know, it's been a while since I played some PlayStation games, so that was really cool of him to do that. So, but um, back to the, I guess, some of the holiday talk. Did you get anything cool for Christmas at all, or did you have any family over or do any kind of thing special like that? Uh, well, I mean, you know, my kids, I went, you know, we, we spent some time together, but as far as, uh, other family, the rest of them are, most of them are out of town. Mm -hmm. Um, but so I didn't really do a lot of that, but, uh, yeah, you know, I got, uh, Shannon got me some wrestling tickets to AEW's coming to town in a couple of weeks. So that's pretty cool. I'm happy about that. That's cool. What's AEW? I'm not familiar with that. Well, it is the big competitor to uh, the WWE, but uh, they they're a legitimate like it's a it's a I mean some people think it's better, some people think it's just an alternative, whatever. I just enjoy it because it's just it's more of what I like. Mm -hmm. But um, they're they're this is like as far as I know this well they might have been like San Francisco before, but this is their first uh, big 
West Coast tour that I know of. At least it's the first time they've come to Fresno, and it's going to be like their big TV show. So they they have two TV shows. They have Dynamite and Rampage. One is on Wednesday. One is on Friday. The Wednesday show was live, and the Friday show was taped. And the Friday show, they both get taped on the same time, except one is shown live, and the other one they just they play it on Friday. Yeah. So they make it. So it's going to be a big recording. It starts at four. It probably won't be over till like nine or 10, but, um, it's kind of like, it's like, it's essentially like, it's like you going to a Dave Matthews concert. Or something. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's you know awesome. I mean? Like this, it's, <laughs> it's a big long experience. You know, it's yeah. consider it like a jam band experience, but with wrestling. You know. uh, and you're familiar with all the characters and everything, all the wrestlers. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, uh, cool. I, you know, but well, either one of them, I'm not necessarily. I don't tune into every episode anymore. I, I just a lot of times, I if I miss it, I I just kind of I'll just read about it and just kind of catch up that way. Right. Unless I see something like really exciting happen, then I'll be sure to go back. But if you know, sometimes when I'm home, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll turn it on. And um, you know, it, it, the thing about the AEW, it's all elite wrestling is what that stands for. Um, you know, they kind of started off by getting some of these, um, these quote unquote independent stars, these guys who have been in new Japan and been doing these, uh, other, these fringe organizations, but they had like this big, uh, internet presence, you know, and, then they also did the thing where they mixed in some of the WWE guys who left or who weren't under contract no more. So it's kind of like uh, sometimes you watch it, some segments, it's like watching, you know, like a rerun of a show that you've watched before. You know what I mean? Like, because right. you see some of these older guys and they're refreshing them or maybe using, borrowing a little bit from another time. Um, it's a, it's a really neat mix if you're into wrestling. If you're not, it means nothing, obviously. But if you're into it, um, it's it's a fun show to watch. I mean, I, I still prefer WWE, but it I like them both. And AEW's not far behind. And I'm really, like, it's it's, it's going to be real fun to go check them out live. Uh, live That's shows cool. like that, the live recordings are always, doesn't matter what you're watching, it's, it's always a good time because, um, you know, there's like an excitement in the air. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when is uh, that? Oh, a couple weeks, like the 18th or something cool. like that. Um, they're, because, uh, you know, like, uh, as far as, you know, their world goes, you know, the live events, you know, the things that are on TV or pay-per-view, that, that's like their canon. You know right. what I mean? Right. So, like, sometimes there'll be some stuff that ha that camera's not involved on. Those don't feel as exciting because, you know, they don't, they don't count. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. th nobody brings it up unless something happens. Every now and then they'll mix in, like, hey, this happened in Sacramento and, you know, whatever. But um, typically speaking, those things are never spoken about. Right. Um, so when you're in one of these uh, live tapings like that, it's there's an era, uh, you know, there's, it's, exciting. it's exciting, you know what I mean? Very you know, cool. I've gone to, me and Curtis, we went to a pay-per-view once. Um, I forget what the name of it was, but uh, we saw Brock Lesnar and couple other big big stars at the time wrestle it was pretty fun so that's cool if you're into it you're into it if not you know but i think i i think anybody if they went to it would enjoy it i can understand maybe not caring for it on tv kind of like uh watching a play right you probably won't watch you know a play at home on tv like if somebody if there was like a live 
version right. of the Nutcracker or something, you're probably not going to be too excited about that. But right. when you're in the presence of it, watching it live, of course. Um, you know, especially something like this, because they the audience uh, participation is a big, big part of it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. That's super cool. So what happened to there? Were, you said they're the main competitor for WWE. What happened to um the other one? What was it called? NWA or something? Well, it, it okay. So if you're going back like way like more like the um mid you know mid to late eighties, uh, there was the NWA, but that that wasn't really just a single entity. That was kind of like a, a brand that uh, a lot of the territories um they were a part of it. So the national wrestling Alliance technically was multiple territories. So, you know, you had Oregon, you had Texas territories, Florida, uh, Carolinas, but if you were to watch it on TV, the NWA brand that you would have been familiar with would have been Crockett. That would have been something that was shown on TBS. And then they eventually became WCW. Um, they went out of business in, um, I feel like it was 2002, maybe 2001, around that time frame. Uh, eventually, they, they ended up, because after the Time Warner merger and all these things, uh, the the new the new people in charge were like, yeah, we don't really care about that show. <laughs> they just looked at it like a TV show. They didn't care about, you know, its history or yeah. any of that. They, they all I remember is, is when Hulk Hogan switched over and he like dyed his right. beard black or something and looked different and right. he was a bad guy all of a sudden. <laughs> that's, yeah. what, that's what I remember from it. That was NWA, yeah, right? Yeah, that that was a yeah, that was a big deal uh, as far as for wrestling goes. That that was a big a big big uh, baby face to heel turn um, mm-hmm. with the biggest baby face of all time at the time. Um yeah, I mean it was cool. But like I said, I I mean uh, I get why people wouldn't be into it. There's a lot of there's a lot of room to poke fun at these things. I mean, they're well, it's they're kind just of silly fun. When you I think mean, about it. But. I could totally see how how it'd be fun. Trust me. Yeah. It's I mean, fun. I'm not personally into wrestling anymore, but um, right. I think I could find myself getting into it if I had the time or you know for another hobby yeah. to get into. <laughs> so especially like you say, going to live events. Yeah, the the live events thing. I think you don't even have to be part of the storyline to enjoy. You just you know, you could kind of like kind of get a sense of what the crowd's into. And I think a novice who doesn't watch any wrestling, if they went to a live event, uh, if it, especially if it was like a very like a full crowd, like this is I anticipate this to be a sellout crowd or close to it. Yeah. So there's going to it's going to be a pretty active crowd. You know, like there's people are going to be really excited to see this wrestling alternative. And I really hope it is a sold out crowd because I really hope. Fresno becomes part of their, you know, yearly stops or whatever. Yeah. But um, I, I just think it's just one of those things, kind of like going to a circus or a melodrama or something. You know, you kind yeah. of just get into the, to the live acting and the, and plus there's the, you know, like the sport element to it. These guys slamming each other and hitting each sure. other and all that. You know, so it's a little bit of everything. I think it, you know, it's just one of those things. You either you either like it or not, but. Um, I'm looking forward to it. But anyways, I was looking back at those pictures and, uh, did, do you own that turtles tape or you were just, what was going on with that? What turtles tape? <laughs> that, that post that you post, the uh, coming out of the shell, the yeah, coming out I, of the I, shell. My sport. sister gave that to me when I went, I went to visit her for, um, uh, Christmas and she said, I got this VCR tape and that was it. Oh man. That's so I have that. One, that's, dude. I own that now. Yeah. Oh well, I'm jealous. That's it's the good. making. Did you notice that? It's the making of the. 
Yeah, the coming out of the shell. Yeah, the coming out of the shell tour. Up. Yeah, yeah. It's probably only maybe twenty minutes or so, but it's pretty cool. It looks yeah. cool anyway. Yep. So that was pretty cool to get that. Yeah, I have their Christmas special. Mine's sealed. I though, saw so that. <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch it, but um, I mean, I'm sure if I really want to watch it, there's it's got to be posted somewhere online. But yeah, uh, those are those are fun little things to collect because they're yeah, um, yeah they are they're kind of pricey. I don't know about the one you have. I I imagine it's not like two dollars, but um, some of them are like there's this one that uh they went out to some sort of uh ceremony. Or maybe it wasn't a ceremony, but they were definitely trying to promote this. Um, uh, I think it was a train and like a commuter train in uh, in the Los Angeles area. It's called um, I think the tape is Blue Line. I think it's called. Uh-huh. And for whatever reason, that's gained a lot of popularity. It feels like over the last couple of months, the prices have shot up on this tape. Man, I, mean, I kind of mad at myself for not buying it. I don't know a year ago. Have you ever seen the uh, when they were on Oprah? No, that sounds oh, like you gold. Though. Got to see that. It is the. It was making its rounds on the internet a couple years ago, and it it was when the I guess the turtles were doing that tour, and they were on Oprah, and it was the most awkward, funniest thing you've ever seen. You got you got to check it out. And they had like kids in the audience like asking questions, and the kids were so confused. There's all these awkward pauses. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. You've got you got to pull just google it when we get done today. Just google like Oprah and uh, turtles. I, I need to find that on tape. It is hysterical. Man. It is hysterical. You got to say it. Is there is there one of the turtles you like more than the others? I mean, like is there anything like romantic or anything? Well, what? Careful, what? Careful, what? Careful, what? Careful, be careful of that answer. Yeah, yeah. Hey, bro, tell them about us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure everyone you could uh, the more you get to know the turtles, the more attractive they become, but Good answer. Hey, the... <laughs> you know you're talking about me. <laughs> oh, bro, I've been okay. trying to talk her into an interspecies relationships for months now. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> Chill, man. And she won't do it. She huh? can't no, no, she can't I'm a do it. She can't hold her breath long enough, you know? <laughs> Did you want to say something? I just wanted to say that Ten the, seconds, one thing, <laughs> the one thing about the turtles, being, being a, a reporter, it's hard for me not to analyze. And the good thing about these guys is that they're not black or white, they're green. Okay, here's a question. Yeah. Um, how, if, if you live down in the sewer, is there any water comes down or? Well, yeah. Of course there oh, is. Lots, dude. lots of it. You know, as a matter of fact, matter of fact, when we sublet our sewer, you know, when we left New York, the guy came in, had a real problem, dried everything out. Yeah, totally. The biggest problem is a lot of the water isn't clean though down there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cringy and awkward. You just want to crawl out of your skin when you're watching it. Well, you gotta check that one out. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. That's on the list. But you know, I got a couple cool things for Christmas. Um, Tara got me um, the Atari Lego set. Um, yeah, that looked pretty cool. Oh, have you my put it gosh. together yet? Yeah, it is so cool. It's probably one of my favorite sets I've ever gotten. It's a massive set. It, I don't know what the cost was, but it is a big box, and it had a lot of pieces and a lot. There's a lot going on with it. So it's you know it's a it's scale sized, um, you know, Woody twenty six hundred with a controller, and it has a little it has three cartridges that you build and a little cartridge case. And it has three, you know, each game that it comes with, uh, Adventure, Centipede, and uh, Asteroids, has a little, like, mural-type thing that goes along with it. And then the coolest thing is you slide the front of the Atari, and it flips up this, like, little 80s-themed basement with a kid sitting in a 
basement playing his Atari with like posters in the background. There's like a VCR tape sitting on a desk. It's super cool. I, I'm just super impressed with the engineering behind it and the design of it and the quality of it. You know, I'm a big Lego fan, and this was one of my favorites. Right. I got Optimus, Optimus Prime a couple months ago for, I don't know, I can't remember what it was for, maybe Father's Day or something, uh, maybe my birthday. But And I was really impressed with that that one. I was At the time, I was like, I can't believe the design of this thing. It is, and it transforms in everything. It's super cool. But, man, this Atari is beautiful. I'll, I'll throw a picture of it up on the Discord, and you can check my Twitter out. I put a little video up on it as well. Man, it's really, really cool. So any Atari fan, I know it's probably probably, probably a pricey set, but it is really, oh, I really cool. I would imagine. It's probably kind of limited, yeah. too. Uh, I would imagine. Um, I'm looking at the box. I can't see the piece count from here, but it's um, it's an awesome set. So that was really cool. And um, another thing I got was uh, Bobby got me the uh, 50th anniversary uh, Atari game for the Switch. And I, I showed it to you on Twitter, and you, act, you, you asked me if it was just a compilation or a you know a bunch of ports, and it's not. It's really really cool. I, I highly recommend it, Chris. I think you'll love it. So it's God, essentially yeah. got a lot of um, it's like an interactive uh, timeline of the history of Atari, and it's got a lot of content. So you can go through and watch these videos, and it has like little pictures of old flyers and advertisements and three uh, D. You can like spin the boxes around and everything, look at boxes of Atari games and all that kind of stuff on top of all the games that it has on there. So I think it has over 100 games um, on this collection. And some of the games are brand new ones that they've redone. Like there's a new version of uh, Yars Revenge. There's a new version of Breakout. Um, there's a, this one called uh, Vector Sector, which is really cool. It's like, a con it's like a couple different games built into one, all the vector graphics games. So you start out playing Asteroids for a couple minutes, and then it zooms out, and you go to playing Lunar Lander, and then you go to play um, uh, Tempest, and it has all the vector games kind of built into one game with all new graphics and everything. It's really cool, really fun. So they also remade um, Haunted House, and I think a couple other games that they remade. Are, are, are there any Activision games on it, or is it only no, uh, no. Atari-based games? It's only Atari. There's no Activision games. Um but there are interviews. Like Howard, cool. I'm looking at it right now. It looks I'm, good. I'm telling you, man, it is a fantastic game. It is chock full of content. And I've, I've been having oh. so much fun just going through the videos. And they're, they're interviewing Howard Scott Warshaw and Gary Kitchen and David Crane and all the, the, the big you know names in the Atari back in the day. And they're telling you all kinds of stories about what it was like. And they're not... They're not pulling any punches. They're talking about doing drugs and you know what it was like working there. It's really, really informative. So it's, uh, it's got wow, all they, the nerve of these people. Uh, they really want to mess with the collectors. They threw Airworld on there. Do you notice that? Yeah, yeah. And they well, they made it. They made it just for this uh, collection, I, I think. Well, the 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 port. I mean, it it was the game was done. They just didn't release it. The um. Well, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know if it's been. I found thought or that dumped. it was only. I don't think like... it has been dumped yet, but they they say it was done. It was just um, the protos haven't made it. Nobody's found a prototype yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the full story behind that just yet because I haven't got to that part. But I I thought that I heard that they had finally finished it or whatever just for this collection, and it's the first well, time maybe, you can play. Maybe it. That could be true. I mean, you 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 watched the documentary. I didn't, but that that could be true as well. But uh. 
maybe it wasn't a hundred percent done, but I felt like I yeah. felt like it was just one of those things that that was done or almost done, and they just said, "Nah, this we're going out of business. Forget it." Yeah, but it, I'm telling you, Chris, it's awesome. It's totally worth it. It's like a forty dollar game, I think. And I'm, oh, I'm it's having a blast a $30 with it. Game. I'm looking at it right now. It's twenty nine ninety nine plus. I mean, I guess with shipping, I suppose. But um, yeah, I jump on that, man. It, it's I've I've been playing it for hours, and again, a lot of that time is just watching the stuff, the content, and reading through all the cool. And they they got like code you can look at, and like drawing, like hand drawn sketches of things. It's so much content in this in this game, and the games are great too. You know, you know, some of the the ports are just what they are. They're just the old old Atari games, but there's newer re reimagined or whatever they're called uh, the redos like yars revenge is really cool and so is the breakout game and really uh vector sector is my favorite that's a really cool game so i highly recommend yeah Atari i'm, I'm reading the it. details on it right now and um i think you're right it says Airworld. Uh, the the team at digital eclipse created the fourth chapter of the never finished uh sword quest series Airworld. yeah yeah so Digital yeah, Eclipse, is that what you said? Digital Eclipse, uh, is digital that the name Eclipse, of... yeah, I guess yeah, that was the game. Yeah, they're the ones for responsible that, for that all the for the five or six um re, you know, remade games. And they're fantastic. I mean they're really polished and they're fun. So again, I, I highly recommend it for any any Atari. Well, it looks fan. good. It's really fun game. So I'm really into that and having fun with that. Well, so. I, I do like it anytime they, because um, uh, in the NES, uh, they had something like that before the NES Classic and all these stuff came out. They, uh, I can't remember the name of the title, but there was this, uh, was it something to do with like an NES Classics, maybe something like that. But it, it, when you played it, it would have all these mini games based on, uh, all the NES games, not all of them, but you know, a mm-hmm. lot of the popular NES games and you'd play a little bit of one and you'd switch you to another one. And you had these little, um, I remember you that know, you're like, talking about on the switch, right? Do. Uh, no, this was, uh, this would have been more, more in the, um, the D the three DS. And, um, uh, they, I think the other port was on, um, the Wii U. We, that, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking the Wii U, I yeah, think. Yeah, I don't think it made it to the Switch. It was on the Wii U and the 3DS. I have both. Yeah. So they're pretty good. Gotcha. I, I, I had a lot of fun with it, but then I decided just to go back and play NES. It really just made me feel like, ah, maybe I need to beat some of these other games. Yeah, well, this I, I guarantee you'll like this. It's it's super cool, and I, I've never really experienced... I'm, I'm sure it's not a brand new idea, but just the fact that you're... And I think the more you... The more content you view, you start unlocking some of the games. So there's like locked games that you unlock the more you kind of read through all this stuff. So it's kind of like an interactive game slash informative museum and library kind of combination. It's just really cool. It's got all kind of great information. Again, it's all legit stuff. It's not just kind of washed over. It's kind of got a lot of details and all the, again, the big talking heads are there telling their stories and everything. So you should check it out. It's really cool. Sounds good. Yep. And then one more thing. My, my daughter got me a really cool 80s, 80s music book with the top 100 songs from the 1980s. So that was a, a really fun gift, too. It looks good on my shelf as well. So <laughs> that's, been, uh, that's been cool to uh, breeze through and read. A lot of cool information in there. So that, that was pretty much the, the stuff that I got for Christmas that I wanted to mention. Um, 
anything else from you on Christmas or gifts or anything like that? No, I, I, every day is Christmas for me, Duke. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I would want my kids to spend money and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. If I want something, I get it. So that's cool. All right, so I guess just real quick, I just want—I thought we'd kind of talk about 2022 and 2023, and uh, you know, I, my whole kind of 2022 was for me just a blur. It was one of the busiest—I feel like one of the busiest years I've ever had, and it, nothing bad. It was a, a decent year for me, um, but I thought that when my kids got a little older, you know, I got a 20-year. Bobby just turned 20 a couple days ago, and it will be 16. And Luke is, you know, 18. So my kids are older. Um, not as old as your kids, I guess. But for me, you know, it, the fact that there are I two adults. Younger than your kids. That's true. That's true. You do. Yeah. But the fact that I have adult children now is just kind of, I don't know how this happened or when it happened. It's just all of a sudden I'm here in life. And I thought that I'd life was slowed down at this point. But my gosh, it, it's just not. It's the busiest I've ever been, I think. But. 2022 was a blur. So kind of what I'm looking forward to with 2023 is I hope that things slow down a little bit because I haven't done a lot of hunting last year. I didn't do a lot of, um, I just spent barely any time in this room that I'm sitting in. Um, the only time I ever played retro games was to beat the bandy challenge. And that was kind of squeezing that in. So I'm hoping that things slow down a little bit for me in 2023 and I get to enjoy my hobbies a little bit more than I have last year. <laughs> Um, and I, again, I haven't been, I haven't been out hunting in, I feel like forever, maybe since you came over and we went to those record stores and everything. That might've been the last time I really did any kind of, really. yeah, I just don't you know when time. you first said hunting, I, I, I don't know why, but in my mind, I was thinking you were talking about deer hunting or something. I was like, Oh really? I figured you had been, <laughs> but you uh, know, I have, I just haven't hunting, gotten hunting. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, both. I, I, I did go hunting several times this season. And actually, I'm going this weekend coming up for the last time because it's the last gun season. Um, but I haven't gotten a deer yet, so that's kind of a bummer. But same thing, I just can't put the time in. You know, just been busy with work and with life and raising kids and everything. But anyway, I don't really do a New Year's resolution type thing. I didn't know if you ever did, but um, no. I, I was just looking forward to maybe things slowing down a bit next year and and uh, seeing what, what life has for me to tackle, I guess. But I don't know. If you I, I don't a... think there's anything wrong with a resolution. I mean, a part of it is, it's like a starting point. So I I get the concept of them, but sure, you know, it's like sure. I'm gonna quit alcohol, and then you binge the night before. It's like well, how committed <laughs> right. are you to this? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, uh, but I mean, it is a good starting point. Like you know, like I. I, if you if you want one, I'm I'm looking to eat a lot healthier this year. It's uh, at least starting this year. I need to. I, I just I want to. I don't know. My doctor's trying to convince me to to become a vegan, and I don't really? know if I could. It's not even that I, I I I could eat vegan. I don't know if I can make that kind of emotional commitment. It's like sure. I don't really drink much, but to say I'll never drink again doesn't sound right either. You know what I mean? Like. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not a drinker, per se. Like, I drink, but not... It's just... Like, I had... You know, I we you know we had some cocktails for New Year's, but... Um, and I haven't had anything since... Well, it's only been a few days, but you know what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. I, I probably won't drink again until, I don't know, the Super Bowl or something. Right. But... Um, right. Or maybe a random beer with a, a meal at a restaurant or something. So, like, 
the thought of being like, well, you can't drink anymore because of this commitment thing is, is a little rough. So I don't know if I could be uh, 100% vegan because um, I like cheese, if nothing else. I mean, I like meat too, but I have had some of the imitation meat and I think I could, I think I could live with it. You know, if, if, mm-hmm. if, well, I know I could, if you had to, you would no matter what, but, um, I could, I could do it, but, um, I'm going to try to cut out red meat and pork at least. I don't know. I don't know what I'm committing to, but I'm going to try. So there you got to go. follow the doctor. The doctor says, you know, he wants me to live longer. So going to listen to him and see what happens. Yep. And, uh, with that being said, I, I could be eating a steak tomorrow. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm going to try know. not to, uh, I'm going to. There's there's other animals like I'm gonna focus on fish and chicken and maybe turkeys. Yeah. Well, I guess if I had one goal coming up in 2023 or big goal, it would be I, I have a 50k race I'm going to attempt in February in about four four weeks or so, and I'm very nervous about it. It's gonna be a big a big deal if I can do this. Um, I've never ran that far before. It's like over 30 miles. And I have eight hours to, to do it. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be quite a challenge for me. So if I can, if I can pull that off um, this year, I'll be very happy about that accomplishment. Um, I did a 20-mile training run this past weekend that about killed me. So <laughs> that was very difficult. That was very sore and lots of pain. So to add 12 miles to that, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But I still have four weeks to get there. Um, and I really, uh, really hope I can do it. So I'll keep you all informed about, you know, my whether or not I pull that off or not. Because I'm sure by the time we record next, it'll be, it'll probably be over with, or I'll be just about to do it one or the other, because it's about a month from now. But um, yeah. So that's kind of one of my bigger goals for this year is to try to get that under my belt. It's something I'm super focused on, and I'm really, I really want that. I don't know why, but I just really want to accomplish that goal. It's something that I've been thinking about for months and months, and. I'm going to try real hard, do my best, and we'll see what happens. So that's what I'm looking forward to in 2023. Well, good luck on your race, buddy. I appreciate that. It's I'm going to need it because it's it's going to be uh, my, my old worn body has a difficult time with those longer distances. I really start to feel it and feel a lot of discomfort and pain. I have I seem to have the stamina and energy to get through, but I just always start to really hurt a lot <laughs> so it's not fun but we'll we'll see how i do um well you mentioned a couple of things that you've been playing um one other thing i wanted to mention is i i've been talking about the last couple episodes playing through majora's mask and i finally beat that game and i really really enjoyed it that's all i want to say it was it's it, it holds up i really enjoyed playing through it it took me a lot longer than i expected it to um of course i don't have a lot of time to put into it but it was it was also more challenging than I remember. That is not an easy game. Majora's Mask is tough. I know you haven't played through it before, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I, right? I think I was about halfway, but it's yeah. been a long time. It, it's a really challenging game. It is. And not you played it easier. on the 3DS or something? You didn't play it on the uh, 64, right? You don't even have a 64, do you? Oh, I have a 64, yeah. Oh, did you play but, it on that? No, I played it on the Switch. Oh, well, then it doesn't really count, though, does it? <laughs> fine. No. <laughs> It's fine. I, I, actually, I don't have that cartridge. That's why I played it on the Switch. I don't have that one. Um, yeah, it's I about got, 50 to $70 card, I think. Yeah, it's pretty up there. I, th- I, th- I thought it was 80 or 90 
the Majora's Mask. It might be. Well, I think it yeah. depends whether you get the collector's, the, the one with that. Uh, the hologram on it. Yeah, the hologram yeah. deal or not. Yeah, that's the one I think it's like 90 bucks Loose, yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that I finally beat that game, and um, it was great. That is, again, it holds up just like I thought it would, and I know we had our Zelda talk a couple of episodes ago, and that's high on my list and not on yours, not high on your list, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It holds up for me. It's a great game. Anything else you've been playing or watching? Uh, you know what? And um, I don't think this would be a tippy-top show. You know, this isn't definitely top tier, but... Uh, we've been watching uh, Tulsa King. Um, there's this guy who does all these shows. Uh, Taylor Sheridan, I think his name is. Uh, his big claim to fame is the Yellowstone shows. I don't know if you've yeah. watched any of that. Is that the um, one with, uh, yeah. uh, what's his name from Dances with Wolves? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Costner, um, right? Kevin Costner, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I think uh, that that the the that the Yellowstone proper because it now it's got like it has th- two spinoffs with a third one in the works, but um, the Yellowstone show uh, I I think it started off a little stronger than it is now. Now I don't know. Now it's a little it's hard to explain. We still watch it, but um, you know. It's uh, again. I don't think it is is as good, but we have been watching. We started the Tulsa King because we kind of ran out of things to watch, and um, it has uh, a Sylvester Sloan in it. You know, it's got Rocky in it, and oh, okay. uh, he's a he's like a mafioso who got out of prison, and he's been uh, exiled to uh, Oklahoma, Tulsa. That's that's where the Tulsa part of the Tulsa King comes in. Um, gotcha. Uh, again, I, I'm not calling this a perfect show. Uh, they want to be the Sopranos. Uh, they're not the mm. Sopranos, but um, it, it's Sopranos light. Uh, okay. Sopranos ish. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's it's not Sopranos. But if you're looking for a Sopranos kind of a Sopranos fix, you might like this. I do actually find a lot of the characters uh, endearing and fun to watch. Um, it, it has a good cast to it. Um, you know, as Shannon has heard me say probably many times, th- it's just the writing just needs a little bit of tightening up. There's just a couple of things that I'm just like, ah, you know, like yeah. this little bit there. But we've been enjoying it, though. And um, so we've been watching that. And then we're also watching the second prequel to Yellowstone, which is... Um, I, don't know, I think it's 1923 or 1933. I don't know. It has some year date is the title. Mm. And um, that's pretty good. It has Harrison Ford in it. Oh. And, um, yeah. I, I have uh, – I've come to the conclusion, though, that uh, I don't think Harrison likes acting anymore. <laughs> is he phoning it in, as they say? Um, You know, it's, it's like – I mean, to say phoning it in might not be 100% accurate, but he looks angry that he's there. He, he, you're, we're watching this show, right? <laughs> and 
you know, you're, you're, you're watching Harrison. Now, he's not, they don't portray him as a younger, you know, like he's the age he is, I think. I, I don't think they're trying to pull a De Niro where in that one mafia oh, movie. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Irishman or whatever. Irishman, yeah. uh, he's he supposed to be CGI. like in his mid 20s or something. And he had like those old man shoulders and was fighting <laughs> right. in slow motion. It was right. ridiculous. No, so they're it portraying was. him as his proper age, whatever that age is. Um, well, I think he's in his seventies, but uh, I think the character's probably in the sixties, maybe. And um, so all that is accurate, but he's just grumpy and grouchy, and he's kind of mean, and he's violent, and it's like the 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 antagonist, the guy you're supposed to be rooting against. I'm, I you know, I, I had to pause the show, and I'm like, wait a minute here. Why are we not? Why do we not like this other guy? <laughs> like <laughs> this guy? Like uh, here's a little bit of a spoiler alert. We're not. You don't know who exactly I'm talking about, but there's this guy, and I won't get into too many details of him. But he pissed Harrison off, right? Um, you know, I'm not saying this guy didn't have something coming to him, but there was a series of events that got up to this point. So he, you know, at gunpoint, him and his little posse. Uh, stick this guy on a horse and his, I don't know if these were family members or just part of his gang or whatever, or his, his workers. Cause the guy's a sheep herder. Um, they stick him on a horse and put a noose around his neck, you know, with his, with his hands tied. So he can't even just like reach up. So, you know, this guy's on this horse and then they just leave. Right. So then it, fl it flashes forward to a later scene and you're seeing the guy struggling on the horse and Another one of their horses just happened to walk up to him, so he was able to fish out a knife out of out of the out of its little saddlebag, and he uh -huh. cut the rope and right at the right time because the horse he's sitting on pulls away, so he's able to get his hands in the rope and pull himself up and cut himself down, right? And mm -hmm. everybody else died. So you're like, man, this is one tough sob. You know what I mean? This guy uh -huh. was left for dead, kind of cowardly to be honest. And so now this guy comes back for revenge and it's like, he's being painted as the jerk. Well, this dude, wouldn't you want to come back and shoot him? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to be like, there's other characters in <clears throat> Harrison Ford's uh, family that, you know, they're very likable. So you pull for them. Yeah. Um, they're very likable, actually. But this bad guy, this quote-unquote bad guy, uh, I, I don't know why I'm supposed to dislike him. It's like, go back to wrestling for a second. Uh, if you're a bad guy in wrestling, and all you do is you go in there and you beat up guys, and you're really tough, and you look cool, why am I supposed to boo you? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. yeah why would I boo motivation. that? That's... Right, so you have to be cowardly or do something dastardly, you know, right, like you right. sneak up from behind or, you know, you insult the guy's mother or something. You know, you got to do something to make me want to boo you. I don't know why I'm supposed to boo this guy. I'm, I feel more like the boo uh, Harrison Ford's character, so I don't know. He just seems angry, and I don't – he's just very unlikable. But the show is kind of cool. It's a period piece. You know, it's I, I believe it's 1923, and – um gotcha it's it's a good show but anyway. the last thing i saw harrison ford in was uh blade runner 20 uh blade the new blade runner what's it 2020 yeah I, it? I haven't seen it 
Oh, you haven't seen that? Oh, that's really no, good. No, you know, I, 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 I know this might shock you a little bit because I do like the sci-fi. Um, I've only seen the original Blade Runner once, and I found it kind of boring. I don't know if I was just in a bad mood when I watched it or what, but I have to give it another go because I understand its significance. I just... Well, I, you're not you know. wrong. I mean, it is it is significant, and there's a lot to appreciate. But it is, it is yeah. a boring movie. It, it's um, it's not one of my it's not one of my favorite Ridley Scott films. It's not. It, it's yeah, cool. I, I dig it. I've seen it multiple times. I appreciate it. But it, it is a bit of a, a hard watch. You got to be in a certain mood for Blade Runner. Yeah. But Blade, the new Blade Runner is is much much better. As far as keeping then, your interest, do you interest. have to see the first one to? Is there some? It does tie here? into it. It, it, you okay. know, Harrison Ford's in it. It's going to be more rewarding to watch it. Uh, I think so. With the other one. Okay. But it's really good. It's very, very well done. It, well, I'm thinking re- about having to go back and watch the other one first because I haven't seen I Honestly, I can't tell you. I I don't know if I fell asleep during it or what, but I really don't remember anything about it. I mean, I know there's like a... I don't know if he's an android or a synthetic human or something. And replicant. You don't know if he's, They're yeah, called replicant. Yeah, yeah, if you don't know if he's real or if he's, uh, what, I don't know. I, I knew there was some sort of thing, right? Isn't there something up for dispute who's a replicant? Yeah, I, well, there was a couple different well, versions of Well, don't ruin anything, because I'm, I'm not, not trying to I'm go not. back in fresh. But is, that's kind of part of the plot, right? If somebody's a replicant or not? Uh, Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. That's All right, so yeah, I do remember that. Uh. And, you know, Harrison looked cool. It was the right age for him. I mean, he's mm-hmm. definitely in this Indiana Jones vibe. Yeah. That time, anyways, that time frame. But what I'll say is his his role in the newer one, he's similar. He's grumpy and old and, you know, has yeah. a kind of attitude. <laughs> so he probably is similar in the show that you're talking about. Is my guess. Yeah, I, I I can't necessarily recommend all these shows. I, I I would recommend the Tulsa King if you just want kind of a like a lighthearted mafioso comedy. Yeah. It is a fun watch. I think I, I think it's a it's an enjoyable. Plus, uh, I really do like to see uh, Stallone. I mean, I, I you know he's I mean he's not gonna win an Emmy for this or nothing, but um, I enjoy is, him. You know? Is he looking rough these days? I saw a picture of him and he looked like he had a whole lot of work done. He looked bizarre i will say well okay you could tell there's something has been done but i don't think he looks that bad considering i mean also keep in mind this guy's a guy who just i mean his character is 75 years old i mean he is 76 but his character is old too he's not trying to play a young man either uh, thankfully they didn't try to you know dupe you yeah but um he's also someone who just got out of prison after serving 25 years so He's supposed to look a little haggard, like he's went. He's been. Well, I mean, I've things. seen pictures of him recently, like in real life, like him walking down the street right. type thing, and he looked rough to me. He looked like he looked like he had a lot of plastic surgery or something. I don't know. Well, of course he had. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's had a lot of surgery over the years. I was I was shocked um, when I saw the image. I was like, whoa. I, I will say, <laughs> I, I will say one thing that's not shocking. It was actually a pleasant. Uh, we, we, we started noticing it was building up to a romantic scene with this lady. Uh-oh. And uh, it just cut right to the after party when they were already getting dressed again. <laughs> so you never had to see, you know, a half-naked uh, <laughs> sly at this age. You know what I mean? Like, this guy has not even taken his shirt off, which I so appreciate. it avoided rom-com status then because it skipped over the... 
the romance. Well, it, it had a tad bit of it. There's a little, but I wouldn't call this show a rom com. <laughs> but it had it had a little bit of an element to it. There's he's he's uh, working a, a a relationship with two different women right now. So there's a little bit of that going on. Yeah. Speaking of rom coms, that's a good transition to our next little mini discussion. I just want to clarify because our, our our conversation that started on our podcast about rom-coms and also about the special versus movie status of Rudolph and whatnot had spilled over onto Twitter, our Discord, other streaming podcasts. It's been all over the place. So I just wanted to take a couple minutes and just round this thing out and and kind of finalize where we stand on these two topics because I got <laughs> I got misrepresented on the uh, the VHS show but I know it was just all tongue in cheek but I do not have a problem with romance in films like Bill and you were joking about um, like you had trying to tell me that Star Wars is a romantic comedy or, or is no, a romance that that's not what I said. Okay, I said it, I said it has elements of a romantic yes. comedy. That's the okay. difference. I didn't I don't, say I don't Star disagree Wars with that. There are comedy. certainly elements of that in there. And you did is, disagree with it. I think I disagree. Don't make me pull. No, you what, said pull it absolutely up. has none. No, what what did you say on Twitter that that got me all fired? I up? said it has elements of a romantic comedy. I don't think that's what you said. Uh well, you want to. You want to? What, what did I say? You tell me. I don't I'm remember, but I. You, you you tell me what. If you, you would have said, if you would have said Star Wars has elements of a of romance or something, I would have said, yeah, sure. No, no, you didn't though. That you would think a rational person <laughs> would have said that, but you were completely. Ir- I'm I'm scrolling right now. Okay, please do. Let's tell see. me tell me exactly what you said and what my response was, because I I immediately was for- like, wait a minute. Well, give me a second. This was a couple weeks ago, I think. I'm working out of here. But um, anyway, while you're looking for that, right? You go ahead and just keep talking. What what I mainly meant when I when I was scoffing at rom coms as I as we'll call them, um, I I don't like I never liked the movies like You've Got Mail and you know, um, When Harry Met Sally. Those types of films I just never I never you know liked watching them. And Bill was giving me a hard time about it. Those now other films that are considered romantic comedies like Groundhog Day, which I love, something about Mary, which I love. There's there's exceptions. There's there's certainly romantic comedies that I that I do like that are great great movies. Hold but on, the, I found your quote. Uh, I don't consider Star Wars a romantic comedy to any degree. Direct quote from Duke. Okay, I, I I stand by that. What what I mean by that is, I said you realize to some degree, Star Wars and Indiana Jones are romantic comedies to some degree. Yes. Okay, I can see what that, your that, point that is. That degree could be ten percent. Okay. Could be twenty percent. I, I didn't say I, they were a hundred percent romantic comedies. I never said that. I, I'm okay, looking at well, the thread right now. All right. Well, let's just say that I misunderstood your point because I thought here's here's my point is no one would look at a movie like Star Wars and put it in the category of romantic comedy. Like they it's primarily a fantasy action movie and you can go down from there and say well it also has some comedy, also has some romance, it also has some drama, but primarily it's a it's a fantasy film, right? Sure. But okay. the scenes between Han and Leia and even a little bit of Luke 
and a little bit of Ew. Lando. Those <laughs> scenes, okay, those scenes together are romantic comedy scenes. I don't disagree, especially that, Empire. Especially <laughs> Empire, yeah. I, I'm saying those are romantic. Com- if you take those scenes and you put them side by side with any romantic comedy, you are going to see a lot of similarities. That's all I'm saying. That now is Star Wars any of them a romantic? Com- no, of course not. I never. Okay. I was never implying they were. But I was trying to say is the things that people enjoy in romantic comedies are the same things that you enjoy in those scenes. Yes. The back and forth, the flirtation. Yes. Will the guy get, the guy tries, he fails. Then she tries, she fails. A little bit of back and forth. At the end, they come together. There's something keeping them apart. They come, those. That's the essence of a romantic comedy. That's the essence of Han and Leia. Yeah, and that, that my point is, well, not my point is, but what I what I would say is I enjoy those elements like Han and Leia, the sexual tension, the comedy, who you call scruffy looking, all that stuff between them. Right. You know they like each other, but they're not admitting it yet. And there's all, and then they finally kiss. I love you. I know that's all great stuff. And yes, it's romantic comedy to some degree. But if a lightsaber fight doesn't break out at some point, then I'm I'm gonna you know I'm probably gonna give up on it. And that's what romantic comedies are. It's just the romance and comedy and that's not enough for me. I, I, I kind of find that a little boring unless it's a certain caliber. Like, like I said, um, uh, if it's funny enough, for example, or there's great, a good enough actor, like in groundhog day, Bill Murray. I mean, you I could watch him all day. He's great. That's a great right. film. Um, but I don't, I don't put that in the same category as, yeah, but, but know, see, but that's, that's the problem though. You're deciding the category that's not, that's you're just making up the rules. <laughs> I I don't disagree. I, I, well, here's what I'll say. I, I typically do not like romantic comedies. Even Kevin agreed with me. He said he doesn't either. But there are some exceptions. Yeah, but and what that's does exactly Kevin I... like though? What does Kevin <laughs> like? Like to keep Kev- No offense, Kevin. I really do like you, Kevin. But <laughs> you said you, it. You, there's a lot of things that you don't like. So that doesn't surprise me that Kevin does. But Ke- wait a minute. No, Kevin said. No, wait a minute. I don't know where you heard that. But Kevin's he, he res- recommendation he res- for a, a a Christmas movie was a romantic comedy. That's what started all this. Yes, but he he responded to me. I said I, I at some point I said romantic comedies just aren't my my main jam or something like that. He said not well, mine they're, either. No, they're not mine either. They're not my main jam. No, I mean that's you can have I, multiple jams though. I think they're Bill's main jam. I think his main. Favorite types of movies are romantic comedies. Could I? Am I wrong? I think he. <laughs> I, I think he. Well, I, I think he likes movies with romance. I don't. I don't think that romantic comedies are his top movie. But I think he likes a rounded movie that has a love story in it. And I. I don't disagree with that. I do like movies with love stories in it. And there's I sometimes do. I'm not in the mood for that. I want to watch Beverly Hills Cop. You know. What I, mean? I do so. as well. But I guess what where my mind goes when I hear rom-com is all those cheesy films from like the late 90s and all that I just never cared about. All the ones with uh, like Moonstruck and what are all those other ones? But have you ever watched Moonstruck? No. See, that's the thing. You're, you're, (laughs) it's funny because you're stereotyping a movie you've never seen. I've seen other romantic comedies. I don't like it because it looks cheesy and I've seen Uh, this one. but uh, well, I don't like it because this one here's what I'm I didn't say- like. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to say Moonstruck is not a good movie. I've never seen it, 
But what right. I will say is typically that genre I'm not interested in. Now, if you force okay. me to watch well, it, that, I certainly... That is fair. No, wait, wait. That is the fairest statement you said, though. Oh, okay. See, Good. You that, that now now you're being rational. Uh, when, when you guys were watching our stream the other night, it's like they're all garbage and vomit signs. Wow. And now I get it. There was teasing going back. I and was going to say you guys you guys were throwing no, that. Listen, I understand that. I get that. But what I'm saying is this is a rational opinion. They're not the, my go-to movie. Uh, I have watched some I do like, but mostly I avoid them. I can totally understand that. But I yes. don't think that's how it started. It started with, oh, rom-coms are trash. And it's like, well, don't make me pull out all these examples that I know you like. Like well, Groundhog Day and the whatever. The other one. Something about Mary and there's yeah. Something there's, about uh, Mary. I mean, those are one hundred percent rom coms. The only difference between those rom coms, it's a very odd observation. It's because they're from the guy's point of view, maybe. <laughs> maybe you just like it when it's a guy rom com. You know what? That's that might very well be because a lot of the ones I don't like were what I considered back in the day a chick flick. You know, it's for a girl. Right. I, right. I I as a guy was not interested in Sure. That type of movie, it just wasn't. So no, I maybe... understand. I I got you. So that's why I wanted no, no, to clarify. No, no, and I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with that. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people when you're watching a movie, you're kind of putting yourself in the situation, right? In your mind, sort of like mm -hmm. you're 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 in the movie with the character. So it makes a little more sense now that the rom coms you do lean towards are the ones where it's primarily about the guy falling in love or chasing the girl that's a good point yeah and because you know uh, groundhog day is is bill murray and something about mary right. is ben stiller and exactly. you're right it's kind of it's kind of the guy's perspective and, and the, the comedy is a little more well the, those, the, it's a little more adult i guess a little more um oh for like, sure i mean definitely you could say um something about mary is a little more raunchy a little yeah, more yeah a little more edgy there's a more of yeah. an edgy vibe to it and i you know i agree with that 100 percent. i mean it's not you know it's not um you know uh my best friend's wedding or something i, mean, <laughs> I don't know i've never even seen that movie but i'm i'm assuming that movie isn't on the same level as that well i think there was an era there in the later 90s where all those things were being pumped into theaters like hand sure. over fist like you've got mail and all those I, i've never really seen most of them but I, I was just never interested in them. That that was my only point. Is I I would say though that if you wanted to like just you just want to say you know what let me look at a couple of them from that time. I don't think you can go wrong with you got mail or sleepless in Seattle or the one with Billy Crystal in it. Yes. Um, I, I feel kind of like those are probably the top tier of that. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Because yeah. they, they had good production, good actors. You know what I mean? Like, that's, you know. But, yeah. I mean, the vomit sign towards Pretty Woman. Come on, dude. What? Well, I mean, Tara and I were both having fun with it. And, and Tara, it's it's kind of ironic. Tara hates him, too. She does not like those types of movies. I, I believe you. I, I mean, if not, she's really putting on the good, the good fight <laughs> for you. You know what I mean? Because uh, she was right there with it. She couldn't stand it. Yeah. I, I, kind of, I was kind of worried for her. I was if she was on video, I'd have her like blink twice. If, uh, <laughs> she needs help, kind of thing. I wasn't sure if you were like you better side with me. Yeah, we have similar interests in um <laughs> in movie tastes, I guess. Fair enough. Which is, you know, I enjoy because 
I don't have to sit there. We don't have to watch separate things, you know, and stuff like that. Or it just doesn't have no, to talk me into cool. watching well, a movie yeah, that I don't nice want to watch. You guys like the same movies. But um, anyway, I just want to kind of clarify that, and then also briefly touch on our special versus movie discussion, I guess, because that's spilled over into multiple <laughs> multiple different areas as well. But I, I, we're not we're not probably going to agree, I guess, because you're you're holding firm to. Rudolph is a movie, right? I, I don't have to hold firm. The internet, the evidence supports me. I would promise you this. If me and you went to a judge who just looked at the evidence, this would be a really quick case in my favor. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't you have family who watch television? <laughs> You're an idiot. Okay, here's my last stand on this, and then we can just end it. Is... Well, no, I'll, I will retort, but you can go no, ahead. No, 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 that's your, fine. I'm, can, I'm just saying. You can end your part, but go ahead. That's what I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. This is this is kind of my final argument. And I think because you're kind of basing your whole argument or a big part of your argument on the definition of a movie, correct? No, no. You're not? That was the initial thing. I have given you several layers of evidence. I've given you top 10, uh, top 100 <clears throat> Movies, stop action movie, uh, stop motion movies. You completely ignored that. I gave you the IMDb <laughs> classification. You ignored that. I've given you examples of video where you're calling it a special because they called it a special, so it can't be called a movie. Yet I sent you a video of them calling a cartoon special. Well, how can it be a cartoon if it's a special? It it can only be a special. You see what I'm saying? It's the same logic. I, I do see your point, but I don't know why you don't see mine. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No, no, no. Because... I see. Here's the difference. No, no, no. Here's the difference. I see a movie that was broadcast as a special, and I don't deny that. They are called specials. They are called holiday specials or Christmas specials or whichever specials. I'm not denying that it can be a special. You are denying that it's a movie. That is the difference. I'm not really, I'm not really denying. No, it's a movie. don't, no, 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 don't, no, 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 no. Yes, you well, are. That's the well, whole crux no, of your argument. No. It's not a movie. My it's whole argument is, yeah, I, I conceded on the podcast. I said based on this definition of a movie, which is from the dictionary, I concede that yeah, everyone else. Yeah, but then else... you went back with by the definition, then a t commercial's a movie. Yeah, so you, that's you, my point. You double is... down. It's almost like the. The technicality argument from um, from Eric. It's not a technicality. It's just what it is. Like a technicality is like, okay, fine, you win. Technically, you win. Like, no, no, no. I'm not even trying to win. You asked me what my favorite movies were, and I was just round like just thinking of a few off the top of my head, and I, somehow I fired you up by saying Rudolph. Like I just <laughs> never thought off. of it. I just never thought of it as anything else other than a movie. Yes, I thought of it as a Christmas special, but it's not a cartoon. It's not a TV show. It's not a talk show. It's not a sporting event. You you follow my logic here. So I do follow in your my logic. brain. It was just a movie. That's fine. It came I, out I on a single tape. It comes out on a DVD. It's 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 a single. It's all. Again, the whole special thing, all that is is marketing. Just like the last video I sent you, and I mind mind you, you ignored them all, which I kind of appreciated to be honest, because I really didn't feel like going back and forth again. But <laughs> I think we had burned um, it out. 
the last one I had sent you showed the movie special, which was Dr. No. Now, is Dr. No a special? You're... No, it's a movie. I get... I... Yes, it's a right. movie. It's a special but it's presentation. it's called a special? No, it was That's a special, what special presentation. That's special is short for. That's what special is short for. Okay. Special presentation. So a special, a special is always a special presentation, you're saying? That's exactly what a special is. It's a special presentation. They just call it a special because... Who wants to say that? But whole sometimes thing? Just... a movie is a special presentation, and sometimes a thirty-minute cartoon can be a special presentation. Exactly. I mean, it... Now, now you're feeling me here, right? Exactly. Right, but, okay. All Thank I'll you. Say keep, is... keep going, because you're all you're doing is just saying what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. I I don't know what to say. I mean, you're gonna. It's a. I guess technically you can say it's a movie. No, I can't no, just... no, no. It's not technical. It it just is what it is. It's a movie that was okay, specially it, but, presented. Okay, but if the majority of the world doesn't consider it a movie, is it? I still don't know a movie? where you get the majority. You got like three people who's agreed with no, you. No, way more than that. Every, everybody said I'm on Duke's side. I, I never called it a movie. I always called it a special. Nobody okay, called it a movie. I, 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 I don't know what to tell you, man. It just is what it is. Like it's on the internet that way. It's listed as a movie. The term. Special is short for special presentation. Like, I mean, I don't really, I don't know what else to say, man. It is. All right. Well, I, even the Twitter poll, even the Twitter poll. Yeah. Oh, every, yeah. what'd you get? Like four votes? Come on. <laughs> no, like, it was like, like 12 Twitter or poll. something, but. Oh, well, yeah. That was, solves it. I'm not saying it solves it. Mean, it's an indicator, and, and, though, and then, and then that maybe. And then, but you, are you ignoring the part where part of that Twitter poll was like, why not both or whatever? Yes, but, but very few, if any, said it was a movie. Yeah, I, yeah, because they're just trying to fucking get my goat or be on your side. I don't know what to tell you. Or maybe they're right. just misinformed as well. I don't know. I mean, it, I didn't make this up. All right. Well, let's just, I guess, agree to disagree or somewhat agree. I, I agree that I know what I'm saying, and you can agree okay. that, you know, you're I, wrong. I, I agree that you but... can call it a movie. Do you agree that it's also a special. I don't know what to say. I, I've always said it was. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't know. All right. Well, we have to do a virtual handshake and just say we we're done with this conversation. Unless unless right. somebody wants to jump in <laughs> with the Discord and stir it up again. But you know, I almost try to find like the descendants of Rankin Bass or whatever those people are called, and I'm like, you know, I was like, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this, and I thought, you know what, I'm not gonna waste my I almost. I wish George Lucas had uh, some sort of way to contact him because I wanted to ask him <laughs> about the rom-com stuff too. But I'll hey, never. By get, the way, did did I send you the um that link to that? I think I did that YouTube video of the Rankin Bass puppets and stuff. Did you watch that? I watched some of it, but yeah, that was really it was cool. cool. It yeah. was a, a I like that a little, channel. It's a good channel. Yeah, it was a, a pretty lengthy video of of the. You know where some of those puppets you kind of landed and and turned out where they turned up and everything. It was really, it was really cool and how they were made and how they kind of deteriorated over the years. And somebody had found some in like a basement or something, and they were the actual ones used for the Rudolph show. It was really really a cool video. So I, maybe I'll put a link to that in the Discord as well. But well, Christmas is over now, so wouldn't have a lot of interest. But it was really really fun to watch that. Oh, yeah, it was the really Rankin cool. Bass. Yeah, that was right. that. Um... Um, toy galaxy, whatever. 
Uh, that channel. I watched it a lot. It's the guy who started off with collecting all the Boba Fetts and then. No, no. You're talking yeah. about well, the he did, Eric. He did the same. He did the same special then. There's there's another one where he goes. Well, maybe you know what they both did something on the rank and bass puppets. Mm-hmm, okay. Because no, once I, sent I clicked you on yours, that got that got um that got uh, recommended to me. I do like that show you're talking about. Toy Galaxy is great. I watch all his. Yeah, stuff. he changed his name though. It's not Toy Galaxy no more though. It's, yeah, he uh, just changed it to I forgot, but yeah, it's it's got a different name now. But he's great. He's funny. He's good writer. Good stuff. Well, he definitely has as a staff on himself um, working for him now because man, that production value has gone up a lot. Absolutely, and it's always been good, but yeah, it's it's top notch for sure. Yeah, now it's called Secret Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Because I just watched one of those episodes just a couple days ago, but I forgot what it was on. Um, uh, the last one he did, uh, cartoon compilation. Uh, prior mm. to that was the uh, the history of Rankin Bass Rudolph. That's uh, that's the one I watched. Frosty yeah. Thundercats. Yeah, that's it. That's the one I watched. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one that got recommended. The one that you sent me, I watched a little bit of that, and then I shut everything off. Yeah. I must have went to bed or something. And when I came back on. That one popped up, and I thought it was the same one, and I put it on, and I, and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> this isn't, so. Yeah, he's good. All right, well, the last kind of thing that we were going to talk about was we both just finished watching Andor, and uh, I think we both really enjoyed it, so I wanted to kind of briefly just talk about it. I, I'll try to do spoiler-free, I guess. We don't, I don't think we have to talk about plot points or anything like that. Um, there's plenty to talk about without doing that, but... So, to give me your general, how, how did you you really liked it as much as I did? Well, remember, I was telling you, check. I mean, I'm sure you would have done it on your own, but I was like, dude, you got to watch this. This was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has, um, it has a, a like an adult vibe to it. You know, it's Definitely. it doesn't really seem like something that was designed for children first. You know what I mean? Definitely, I mean, I'm yeah. sure you could enjoy it as a family, but it definitely is edgy. I mean, there's. There's an edge to it. It's adult drama um, for sure, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's 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 action drama, uh, lighter on the action though. It's not you're not going to see a lot of shootouts. I mean, there was a few there's some good battles, but it's not that's not the primary focus. No. Um very character driven. Uh, yes. And um it made me really want to go back and watch that prequel movie or that side story movie. Um I haven't Rogue watched it in a while. Yeah, Rogue One. I watched it the one time, and I really enjoyed it, but I haven't gone back to watch it again. And uh, now I'm really curious because, um, you know, some of these characters are in that as well. You know, so I... yeah, this this takes place five years before Rogue One. Right, this leads it's kind up. of leading up to it, but they gave themselves a good enough window where they could probably make a couple of seasons of this. There's going to be two. That's yeah. it. To uh, season well, that's two good. is going to. Yeah, season two is going to lead right up into Lo- uh, Rogue One. Apparently, that's yeah, what I've that, read. That, that makes me happy because um, I yeah. really enjoyed it. I mean the the sets look amazing. Uh, the place feels lived in. That underworld looks like what the cantina scene probably should have looked like. Even though, like, I really do like the cantina scene, but um, you know, there was a real grit to it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, it's not all that way. But I mean, there's. I don't know. They're really good. I, I like, um, well, let me paraphrase. I like the good, the bad guy, but not because 
he's likable. <laughs> I just like I like the acting. I like the character. I like his motivation. Um, I I really like uh, his, even though it's not reciprocated. I don't think, but I love his love interest, uh, the bad guy's love. I really like that lady. I I feel like she'd be a frightening chick <laughs> to 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 have as an enemy. Deidre, um, De Deidre. Yeah, I can't really remember a lot of these names. Yeah. I try to prep myself before we came on, and uh, I instantly forgot all their names. I, I it's weird because when I'm watching, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that one person, and that's the other. But yeah. I, well, I'm, you're I'm definitely pointing out some of the some of the highlights of, of why the show is so good. I probably yes. Where do you where do you rank this in Disney Plus Star Wars shows? Uh, well, okay, so if we're ranking them with, like, The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and Obi-Wan, right? Those would be the yeah. the ones. Um, I, I think it kind of comes down to mood and what I want, but, I mean, to me, it's going to be, like, neck and neck with uh, The Mandalorian. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely better than Boba Fett. It's definitely better than Obi-Wan, even though I enjoyed all of it. Like, I, I, I enjoyed all the series. I know there's things to nitpick about them all and i think a lot of the nitpicking is warranted um i don't see it so much in the mandalorian which i really just enjoy that show i don't care about its perceived faults i just enjoy it but um i i know there were some pacing issues with boba fett and i i understand that and there was some characters in boba fett that kind of sucked and i get that too um same thing with obi-wan um mm -hmm. Like there's like probably two episodes or so that you can just take out of Obi Wan and you wouldn't even notice it kind of thing because it feels like they just reset the motivation again, but mm. I I did enjoy it so uh, was it necessary probably not it probably just kind of muddies the water that Obi Wan series but it gotcha. was enjoyable I did enjoy it though like I don't think it was necessary um, but. So as, I guess as far as the rankings go, it's going to be kind of... I don't want to be the prisoner of the moment. I'm not saying you are if you choose it this way. I, I just feel like sometimes I got to let things sink in a little bit. Uh, so right now, I'd put it just right behind The Mandalorian. But I just really like The Mandalorian. But this was was a breath of fresh air. I, I hope they continue to make series like this. You know, you don't have to... Everything doesn't have to be about lightsabers and skywalkers. You know, you can have, you know, other characters that... You know, because that is kind of an interesting viewpoint that... You know, when you're watching the, the original trilogy, you know, the Rebels are just these faceless people. You know what I mean? Like, you don't mm -hmm. really know any of them. I mean, there's a couple, like, you know, what, Biggs or whatever his name is. Um, the fat guy gets a moment before he crashes, you know, like there's not very many that you get to connect with. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of that that goes on. Is it Biggs? Right. Big. That's his childhood friend, right? Luke's? Who, Luke's? Yeah. That big. Yeah. Is yep. it? Is it yep. Yeah. And that guy ha actually had more, but they cut it out. So yeah, some of yeah. his stuff you never got, you know, there were other scenes for that guy. But yeah. they decided like they just didn't really matter, and they probably didn't. But you don't really get a lot of that. Like even that chick, uh, what's her name? You know, like the main rebellion lady, not Leia, obviously, but the was it Mofta or Mon Mothma? Yeah, Mon that Mothma. chick. Mm -hmm. Right, like you know what I mean? Like it, 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 there's this person. I think isn't that the same person who's uh, 
like quote unquote leading the rebellion sort of in in a new hope yeah yeah she's in she's in the original trilogy yeah right so this is that so we do get a little bit of her backstory which i i'm i'm really like i like that but yes up until that point she's just like this lady who has a couple of scenes she's basically the second woman in the universe because up until that point we've only seen (laughs) princess leia right Right. so there's only two chicks so somehow these two women are solely responsible for all the reproductions well i guess there was also (laughs) uh aunt beru so there was three right yeah Right, there were three. Um, but um anyways, I, I just I really I just can really appreciate the fact that they're kind of putting a face on the rebellion, kind of the way it started, kind of some of the you know, because that's kind of the thing with a lot of battles, right? They kind of start with these little moments that get lost in time. You only think of like the big stuff, like you know, World War Two didn't start with Pearl Harbor, that's what we think of it, but there was all kinds of things that led up to that point. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. But you don't know about all those those points because unless you're a historian or you look into it you know they're that's not the highlights that you get you get the middle the beginning and the end you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that's pretty much you get um so it's kind of yeah. interesting to see this and I, I really do enjoy it so with all that being said i i i rank it a real solid second but it could easily be first it really kind of depends on mood and i do look forward to going back and re-watching it well how about yeah. you where for you, me, I, I'm a, you you you're ranking a tippy top, right? Well, I, I've only seen the Mandalorian, um, right. and this on Disney Plus. I did not okay, yet see so, but that's, Boba that's, Fett. To me, those are the better ones. So yeah, so I I think this is better than Mandalorian, and I loved Mandalorian. I think this movie or this series was was fantastic. I, I probably liked it more than you did. I, oh, think I liked that, it a lot, though. <laughs> like, but you, obviously, you liked it more if you're ranking it. Higher, well, I, I I went as far as on Twitter. I said this is the best Star Wars since the original trilogy. I I think this is this is the best thing I've seen since. You know, I think it beats out the prequels and the sequels and and the Mandalorian. Well, yeah, I, I can see that for sure. So I would agree with that. I think that where this shines is, well, first of all, the 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 writing, the casting the the story is is all just so hot, top notch this is as highest quality star wars i've seen yet and yeah. uh the guy the guy kind of running the showrunner um tony gilroy he was also the guy that wrote rogue one so he was involved in rogue one as well um and Good. i think another reason why this had a lot of uh cohesiveness or consistency is because i think primarily there was one director for almost every episode Unlike Mandalorian, where you get all these right. different directors and you get different writers, and it's all kind of you can tell the episodes are different from each other, and it doesn't have the same kind of overall kind of vision that this obviously had. So that made this a lot more solid to me and a lot more um, just, a, you know, I guess cohesive story. Uh, all one big full story, whereas Mandalorian was kind of. A little bit episodic from you know from time there to time. There were some. There was some. There felt like a few standalones for sure. And for me, unlike The Mandalorian, where there were a few episodes that were stinkers, that was like, eh, I had a plot hole in it. You know, not not to nitpick too much because I did love Mandalorian a lot. This to me had none of that. This to me was full. Like it was gripping from episode to episode, and I could not wait to see what was going to happen next. Um, and that's a testament to the writing, to the acting. I mean, these these were complex characters, like you were mentioning. Um, 
you were kind of like very interested in the Empire characters, like the bad guys. Not yeah. that you were rooting rooting for them. No, 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 not at all. You kind of you kind of were a little bit. Compelling. Like you were you were interested to see where Daedra. Like you, you're you're now seeing where the Empire is getting their motivations. It's not just like right. they're they're just the bad guys. Right. And I know that's done a lot these days where now they're taking like a bad guy or, or a bad thing and they're they're giving it more reality and they're kind of giving you both sides and you can have some compassion for the bad guys and stuff like that. That's not a new thing, you know, in modern times. But I think this show pulled that balance off so well where you were so invested in these characters. Every one of these characters I cared about on some level. Like I wanted daedra to move up the ladder because she kind of deserved it because the other guy was kind of sticking it to her and right. the other guy i don't remember his name i think i wrote it down here um the original um the guy that was part of that um security company that kind of right. was went up went on the, the mission who lost his job and everything yeah or whatever. i mean you yeah. kind of felt bad for him because he was you did you know from some angle he's a really good employee he's good at his he right. wants to do well he wants to do a good job. He cares about the mission. He cares about the concept behind what he believes in. But he also has some, you know, his motivations aren't all moral. You know, he's well, very... I, I feel like with him, he's like he took his shot, right? And he tried to make his play, and it didn't work out. And you can kind of find some, you know, and this was earlier in the show, so just case you're thinking spoiler here anybody listening but like the guy made his move and it didn't quite work out for him so you do kind of feel bad for him because he did get kind of like put in his place and knock and took him down a notch and i think a lot of people have you know have lost a job or or relationship or something like that and can empathize with that so i mean he had some of those elements i i think overall you can't root for him because you know he's going against you know, the main person you're rooting for, but, um, and, and I don't think he should be, cause you know, ultimately, um, you know, you don't agree with him. You don't want him to succeed. And I think even with that, what, what'd you say her name was Deidre? Deidre. I think her name is. Deidre? Uh, Deidre, I yeah. don't know. De sounds right. Um, the blonde hair, even the blonde her, hair you don't necessarily want her to win, but you can appreciate the character. And I, I mean, you know, like, She's awesome, man. Like, she's, yeah, that's a and that's tough chick. That's yeah. good writing because, yes, she's a horrible person, but you're invested in her. You want to see what's going to happen next. You kind of want her. Her scenes are great. Yeah, and she's fun to watch. And that's it's brilliant writing, is what it is, and and great yeah. character development. And and like the other guy, um, that we were just talking about. Uh, what's his name again? I'll edit all this, you know, stammering out of here. But um, <laughs> it's okay. A loser. Okay, it's Kyle, a bad guy. <laughs> Uh, I guess Kyle, the 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 deputy inspector, right. um, who who we were, just, we were just talking about, who um, went on his mission and kind of failed and all that stuff. Um, this I don't think is a spoiler. Then he goes he goes with his head hanging back to home, and yeah. you kind of see why why he's the kind of person that he is based on his right. relationship his with his mother. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, it's brilliant. It's like wow, this and it's not dragging it out to where it's like oh, this is a whole episode about this guy. It's just kind of like a filler thing. It's you you really are invested in this story and why these uh, characters have their motivations the way they do. So it's not just like the Empire is just a bunch of bad guys. It's like well, this person's motivation is this, and this person's motivation is that. And yes, they're all uh, bad because they're for the wrong side. 
but you kind of see a bigger picture and you're, you're kind of seeing the empire form to what it is in the original trilogy. And I just think it's such brilliant writing and I'm so captivated by this story. And right. And, and beyond just the stormtroopers, they don't really lean on a lot of legacy characters. Like no, I don't see any, like you're not seeing no. any of the, the top, you know, like the, the, the main you know, there's no Obi Wan. There, you, I mean, up until this point, there's no Darth Vader. There's no Emperor. There's maybe hints or talks about them, but you don't see them. They're not. They're well, not, not only... trying to just play on this. Like, well, hey, this is a Darth Vader episode, so you gotta see that. You know. Yeah, and that's that's. I think a lot of people would appreciate that because it's not. Um, I think that's very purposeful. I think because if you if you notice, like in the very beginning couple episodes, there's very little like lore stuff at all. You don't see like, you know, R2 units in the background. You don't see a lot of the Star Warsy stuff. And I think what they're doing is they're, they're setting up this idea that this is a big galaxy and not everybody right. is wrapped up in the politics and in these these big worlds that we've already been exposed to. That there's other parts of the galaxy that are, uh, you know, immune or or ignorant to all this stuff. And Andor is that. And then af- as you notice, as the episodes creep f- towards the 12th episode, you see more and more lore stuff. You see more and more of the, the sounds that we're used to. He's kind of stepping into that world that we already know. And I think that's a really, it was, it's kind of subtle, but I think it's really cool to kind of see him as a scrappy guy build up to this character that's this humble hero that I really, really appreciate and latch on to. So I think, again, all all that character development and all that pacing was so well done. And they're so good at the writing, like the prison stuff. Like within yeah. within a half episode, you care about every one of those characters around that table doing their yeah. task. And I'm like, wow, how did they how did they pull that off? Because you don't see well, writing it, that it, good. Part of, part of the other brilliant stuff about that um, prison scene... It would have been so easy for them to give our hero the lead and all that. And and when it really came down to the event that happened in that, uh, he was just one of the people there. You know, like another guy kind of took the lead. And, you know, it's I just found that refreshing because that would have yeah. been the cliche thing to do. And um, yes, yes. He's not some standard hero who. Right. He's I, not. Han Solo or Luke Skywalker who have to solve every crime and be involved in every mission. There's think about other the end happening. Exactly. I'm not going to give away exactly what happens, but think about the end of that prison, that whole storyline. Yeah. Where something very typical could have happened at that at the end of that, where Andor was this hero type, but no, something very different happened, and right. it was very like okay. He just that just happened, you know, so yeah. it's 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 very, very good writing. It's very grounded. It feels very real. And they're taking their time and they're building this building these characters up very, very slowly, but not in a boring way. You're very captivated. You're very invested. And I just I was just blown away at the quality of this of this show in, in every avenue. It looked great. Um, obviously, like I said, the writing, the directing, the acting. Um, the storytelling, everything to me was just hitting a home run. I mean, even like uh, Luthen, the, the you know who that is, the, the the character that had to put the wig on, the 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 guy that had the, the buyer in the beginning. Yeah. 
So he plays like two roles and he's like kind of the linchpin. They call him the axis in this. He's like the guy that they're trying to get because he's kind of a key feature of this rebellion that's forming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's not this, he's not all good. You know, he, no, he wrestles matter of fact, with his. He's, right. His whole thing is the overall, and he don't care who dies, who's a pawn. He doesn't care. He, yeah. he, he, he tries to, you know, like, uh, work it out, but you know, uh, it, it's hard to really discuss him a lot from my point of view without kind of ruining things. But, um, I yeah. really did like the way that character was written because you're not really sure if you're supposed to like him or not. Yeah. And you I know, think like that's... he seems like he's doing good things, but then the other things it's like, man, that was, that was pretty cold. Yeah, and again, that's not a brand new idea to have a good guy also kind of Well, it feels teeter. brand new for Star Wars, to be honest. Yes, yes, it's brand new for Star, a Star yeah, Wars character. I mean, it might because... not be brand new in cinema or, you know, just right. that's writing a good point. in general. But I think yeah, that's why it's be... so refreshing is in this Star Wars world, this is something I've never seen before. you got a good guy who's wrestling with his moral. He's not always making moral choices. And I really like what Saul Guerrero said in that one line where um, he was like, well, this is war. And this, you know, he had to make a hard decision. And they were wrestling with it. And they're like, well, let's just call this war. And you, you, it's, it's a reality. Think about our, our history with our country. You know, winning some of these wars took some eth- ethical, questionably ethical, unethical actions to get well, there. We drop atomic bombs on yes, civilians. Yes, yes. So <laughs> you have to, it's that balance of when, when is too far too far. And when, is, when does the greater good um, overrule some some poor decisions or some some questionable moral decisions. It's a very difficult thing to manage that as an individual, even. And I think we're seeing that play out in these characters, and I think it's very very interesting. I mean, like the whole you know, for example, lying is wrong, right? But if you lie to save somebody's life, lying is good because the greater good, you know, saving somebody's life is more important than worrying about a lie. And they're dealing with those right. types of well, things. Well, murder is wrong, but if you murder to save someone then is it wrong? Like if someone's trying exactly, to kill your right. family and you murder them, we call it self-defense or we have other terms right. for it, but it's still the same act and it's just killing. You know, it's, right. It's, right. You're still killing somebody. Right. Yeah, so you're yeah. still ending a life, but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that because I mean, even our main guy, I mean, he starts off pretty Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, he doesn't, he's not in it for, he, he's kind of, well, I mean, he's definitely the Han Solo without the charisma, like the 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 funny aspect or the cockiness. But I mean, he has yeah. that. He kind, you know, what he's kind of in it for himself a little bit. You know, like yeah. I don't, I don't think it in a negative way, but it's just kind of the world he's living in. You know, he's yeah, trying he's, to... he's rough around the edges. You know, he grew up yeah. And... and they kind of go through his backstory as well, and then they kind of give you an idea as to why he is the way he is and acts the way he acts and you kind of appreciate it. Right. I I think out of anything, um, you know, they didn't lean too heavy on the flashbacks, which I guess if you were a Boba Fett watcher, that was one of the criticisms. I, though I actually didn't really mind I, I kind of thought it was, it was interesting going back and forth like that, but that was a criticism. Some people had of, uh, Boba Fett. Um, they do a little Mm -hmm. bit of that, but they don't, it's, it doesn't keep going, which is good. 
Yeah. You know, you, you do get some of the backstory in flashback form, but um, nobody's in a bathtub while that's happening. <laughs> well, I'm that's, very that's much a, looking forward. If you watch Boba Fett, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, I'm very interested to see where season, you know, how season two plays out. And I'm, I'm going to hold off rewatching Rogue One, I think, until... Well, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, I've seen Rogue it, well, One. Well, no, that but... might that might actually make it more enjoyable if you hold off. Because I was I was kind of debating that too whether I should wait and then put on Rogue One because then it would be like watching the third and final season yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I always said that Rogue One was always my favorite of the Star Wars movies that came out in 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 the Disney era. I guess yeah. I, I like that the best out, out of um, all the. Yeah, the, um, I think sequels. that's yeah because you, you the sequels. Um, I will say though, I did like Force Awakens when it came out. I don't know if it I did held too. up. I don't know if it held up because of the way it concluded. I think the 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 way they continued after the Force Awakens kind of ruined everything in the Force Awakens. You know what I mean? Like I agree. I felt like had they had better direction. They didn't switch directors. I mean, I know there's some people who really do like the second movie and that's fine. I don't really care what, you know, like it or don't, it's up to you. But I did, I just really didn't like how we were set up for a certain storyline and then everything just got discarded. And then now that guy's like, yeah, I got better things to do or whatever the plan was. And then this other, you know, then you get the guy coming back and it's like, uh, now what do I do? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, like it was a complete disaster the way they managed right. it. It was it was ridiculous. Yeah, it really was. I mean that's not how you. I can't believe it with an important property like that. That's not the reason the original trilogy worked with different directors is because George Lucas was the executive producer. A one right. person that created this entire world was running the whole show. Now you fast forward to the Disney era, and how many people do you have running the show? You know, you got all this whole team of producers now. And you got different direct. It's it's not the same thing. It, it's a complete. No. And you're right. The the second to me, the Force Awakens was was good. I enjoyed it. it wasn't perfect, but it was no, fun. It, it was good. But I was I, very, I enjoyed it. It felt I enjoyed it a lot at the time. Yeah. Yes. And then I think the other two tainted it. The other the other two now made that whole thing to me. I think of it as a big mess. You know. Yeah, and I mess. I recently well recently. I don't know if recent's the right word, but I tried to go back and watch part three not too long ago, and I, I was really rough. Yeah, like, I, it does not hold I up. I don't even know if I finished it. Um, yeah, it's, I agree. It's not. I did the same thing. I, and it sucks because I feel like there was good things in all of those. You know, like I did. There was moments where like, oh, I really like this, you know, and it's and, – but it's like, man, they couldn't – I don't know. They couldn't keep my attention, and if it – and, you know, the funny thing is I know some of these people who defend them – um, and it's fair if you like it. I, I appreciate. I'm, I'm glad for them, right? But uh, look what happened afterwards. I can't. I'm not in the minority here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the majority did not like those movies. If they did, they would have the sec the next sequel trilogy already coming out. You know what I mean? Like, they scrapped yeah. it. They, yeah, they, you know, just like the solo movie kind of killed all these solo movies. Ugh. You know what I mean? Like, on that one. That right, but you know, movie. and even that, yeah, it was, but I mean, there was still even some parts of it that I liked. I just didn't like the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't like I the did, movie. Yeah. I just felt like there were some parts that I liked, but 
that's not enough to carry a movie. You know, you can get an episode or something. No, I mean, Solo, real quick for me, was there was so much I couldn't stand about it that it overshadowed anything that was like. No, I, to I me. understand. I, yeah, I got gosh. You. But yeah, I mean, the, the legacy of the, the sequels, I think you're starting to see as time moves on, history will show what those movies are. Just like a right. president, you don't know what their legacy is until years later. Yeah. When you can look on back on history without the politics and with a, a cleaner right. eye. And I think sure. we're seeing that well, with that. Well, also with other people's perspective, right? Because right. in the moment, you had all the fandom. You know, you have yeah. the new fandom. You have the old the guard. You, ha- you know what I mean? You had like these three generations fighting over who's right about <laughs> right. Star Wars, right? right? You got your Gen Xers. You got your... Millennials, you got your Zoomers, I don't know, whoever else was in the mix in there somewhere. And uh yeah. and I think later on they'll you know, people will just look back and it, I mean, look at the rating, you know, look at critic scores, look at just kinda I don't know. I would love to see Disney's um some of their uh their their analytics on which of those movies get watched the most. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's a fair assessment on, you know, what people I, want to see. I would venture to say it's got to be The Force Awakens. Oh, out of those three, 100%. It has to be, right? That's the best movie out of the three. There's no question. I think I mean, so. I, I mean, I, I don't think that was a great movie, but I think they did They did a great job of, of establishing the new characters that they were trying to present and keeping you with the sprinkling of the old characters. You got your R2-D2, C-3PO, you got your Chewbacca, you got your Mm -hmm. Han, you got your Leia, you know, led up to Luke at the end, the reveal, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was a a good movie. I I remember leaving the theater after watching that feeling, like, excited and refreshed. Me too. You know, I I felt happy about it. I was a little, I didn't know what to think going in. I wanted to like it, but, you know... <clears throat> thinking back about the prequels, I, I would just say this. You look at the appreciation the prequels are getting now. I think that's kind of all you need to know because that was the whooping boy was the prequels. I know. You know what I mean? I know. And now when you're getting all this praise, you know, probably from millennials and, and you know, some Gen, gen uh, Xers who decided to go back and rewatch them, um, you start to look at them and these people talk about how much it meant to them and everything. There's probably going to be a generation of kids who are going to be like, F you, these were my Star Wars, and I get that. But um, being somebody who wanted to like them, I will say I was just disappointed. And if this Andor is a sign of things to come, I'm all for it. Let's keep it going. Write more things like this. You know, you can use these smaller characters. There could be things that don't have anything to do with the main plot of all these movies. They could just be somewhere else in this galaxy, you know? Yeah, I th- I think they've proven that you know you you get good writing, good writing, good characters, good story, good drama, and the setting is kind of in the background. You know, I, I like that this is a Star Wars setting, but I really like more just the story that they're telling, and I'm invested in the characters. And this empire is the most evil empire we've ever experienced. You know, in, in a in a show or movie, it, they're they're you're really seeing a darkness to them, and and they're they're you know cruel and. You're, again, like I mentioned before, you're seeing why they are the way they are, and it's just it's much more. There's much more depth to it, and that that just kind of proves that that's all you need um, to to have an engaged audience and have a appreciation for it. 
But I, I'm just loving it, and I, I hope they do more Star Wars that are, that is this quality, that is r- this top notch, where every episode is like gripping and just engrossing. So I, I'm looking forward I, to I, more. I, I would say I, I'm in the new kind of watching. I just prefer TV shows. If these are the kind of TV shows you're going to give me, I don't ever have to go back to the movie theater. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I enjoy movies. I like standalone things that have a starting point and an ending point, and I dig all that, but um, this is the kind of stuff... I mean, we are... You think about when we were kids, Duke, if we had the options oh, to watch man. any of these Star Wars shows, any of them, frankly, that have come out, the, the even whatever, if you rank the, whatever the worst, um, this is really good stuff, you know, and I appreciate what they're doing and, you know, I don't think Absolutely. Disney's tuning into the podcast, but if they are, keep it up, more of that. Yep. So what do you recommend? I, I'm going to probably eventually watch Boba Fett and um, Obi-Wan. Does it matter which one I watch next? Well, I, I would I, if I was you, I would go into Boba Fett now. You finished both seasons of The Mandalorian, right? Oh yeah. Okay, so yeah. I would I would go into Boba Fett first because well, first off, it came out in that order, but um, you're gonna need to get caught up because when the new Mandalorian season comes out, you don't want to miss those Mandalorian episodes that were within Boba right. Fett. Right. When does that come out? Because there was actual I don't know, but it's this this year sometime. Okay. Um, so you, I would I would watch the Boba Fett show. Um, I think you're going to like it. And you're probably going to have... I'm going to tell you, there was one episode, though. And I remember telling you when I watched it. I was saying yeah, that was did. the best Star Wars thing I have seen in a very long yep. time. Yep. And um, I think there was a couple of times I felt that way. But definitely that one episode. And, you know, again, I didn't really care much of going about the flashbacks back and forth. But when you see... You know Boba Fett's um, journey, the backstory journey to where he ended up. That's the episode I'm referring to. Uh-huh. I loved it. I thought it was cool. great, and there was just something about the way it was shot and um, the arc of that episode that I just thought was just fantastic. And and you know, um, you I would be shocked if you didn't love that episode. And I mean, I I think overall the series is just a fun watch, but I do think it has flaws. So. You'll see. Yeah. Um, but yep. I would go with that. And, and, you know, I still think the Obi-Wan's worth watching. I mean, it's just, you know, again, the, I just does think that one just... have Does that one have, like, prequel vibes? Is that more like a prequel well, era type? Well, w- what I would say that is, is I think that's the, the Obi-Wan and Darth Vader story that is uh, the, their link between um you know revenge of the sith and um and a new hope so you're gonna get this little side story i would say think of that as one of those those can you know those old books that used to be canon you know yeah because there was all kinds of battles and adventures that these characters had um, that got discarded, you know, unless, yeah. or if you never read the books or the comics or anything, none of this means anything to you. But if you watched it with that, through that kind of lens, I think you would really enjoy it. Um, I don't think it's perfect, but I think if you watched it like that, instead of, I don't know, like there's these expectations that these things are supposed to be flawless. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, I don't I have those it's, expectations. It's... I just want to be enjoy. I just want to be entertained and I want to enjoy what I'm watching. 
And I don't want it, you know, obviously I want it to be good, but, you know. Well, it's it's hard because <clears throat> you you know that, in, you know, back, you know in your heart that Lucas was, you know, this was his passion, this was his, his baby, and he was involved in the prequels. I'm sorry, the, the original trilogy and then the prequels. And so then when you're watching shows that are, he's not involved in, in the back of your mind, you're like, well, this isn't really, in, in a sense, it's not real. It's not his. I, I can't think of a comparison that, that would kind of line up with what I'm trying to say, but there's something, there's always going to be something missing because it's not the well, exact. It'd be, yeah, it'd be like a a, a, a a sequel of any movie that was written by somebody else. But think about Aliens and Alien. I mean, you can have somebody continue a story that doesn't have anything to do with the original you and it still be something good. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, I mean, it is nice when they connect, you know, like Terminator and Terminator 2, same everything. So, you know, it's nice, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. But you, may, you make I do a good under- point because, like, you know, the, a lot of the stuff, you know, the extended universe stuff, even back when we were kids – um, wasn't all from Lucas, you know. We we no, would there was novels. I don't think he was writing yeah. those books. Yeah, he, he was just. No, I mean, that did, dude was just cashing checks. Did George Lucas have anything to do with um, Jedi Arena on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred? You know, but I still <laughs> exactly. played it. And, right? I, I don't so, think so. <laughs> so you know, keeping that in mind, then you can kind of break away from that little issue that your my brain at least has sometimes, where it's right. like, well, this isn't really. A re- real Star Wars because it's not George Lucas, but you know you can still enjoy enjoy, and sometimes it can be even better than than something George Lucas would have came up with. You can take someone's creation idea, and right. you can you can do something with it that can be really good. So, and you know, I think Andor is a perfect example of that. And I think the so. thing about Andor that would appeal to a lot of people is it didn't feel like there was. And not that I care, but, you know, like some people's criticism of the sequels was they felt like there was like these agendas being pushed in your face. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we got to have so many different nationalities or something like that. And which, you know, honestly, it didn't make no difference to me. But these were some of the criticisms like there was somebody back there with a checkbook, you know, like making check marks like we have to have this kind of storyline. We have to have this. We have to that. I don't know, man. This to me, like, if that stuff was happening, it didn't. I didn't notice it like evolving the plot. You know what I mean? Like everything felt just like real life. You know what I mean? No, I, I agree one hundred percent. And my my agenda radar is pretty fine tuned. If I feel like I'm yeah. having an agenda pushed on me, I'm very turned off. And I think that's especially prevalent in that second sequel. The um the second stuff yeah, you know, they were like I mean, literally like telling you like like social or mess commentary on like animal cruelty and stuff like that in the middle of the story. I'm like, what in the world is is happening here? Right. So that was a ter- it's a, no matter what the message is, whether it's left or right or conservative or yeah, no, liberal it or whatever. Yeah, that's that really wasn't. It's, yeah, it's I mean, that they're force feeding me way. their right. political agenda. I don't like it no right. matter where it's what angle it's coming from. And I know I don't detect any of that in Andor. It's no, very I did. Just it just grounded. felt like a star Wars story that had to do with this movement. And I felt like both people's perspective, you know, the good and the bad were both represented. Well, you, they yeah. were really kind of fleshed out. And, um, that was, you know, another great thing about the way I like, even the way some of those episodes ended, like you felt so tense. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. there wasn't like some sort of cutesy ending to any of these episodes. 
like they all felt like this impending like oh wow like is the next episode ready like i almost envy you that you got to binge it all yeah well like you said in the beginning this was this was a more adult drama this is not cutesy this is not one-liners this is not snarky looks and and stuff like that this is this is a very grounded drama and i think that holds the whole thing together to me it really has this the tone is consistent the pacing is good i I have nothing bad to say about this i mean i'm not going to say it's perfect but i really can't think of anything to complain about it's really hard to make anything that's perfect that's gonna serve all the masters as it is so i mean like yeah. It doesn't matter. It just what you. I watched it and I did. I didn't see like these big flaws jumping out about on it. You know, it just felt right. I don't, it felt good, but anyway, I I feel like we've probably talked yep. everybody's ear off about it. So probably. I hope you like it. If you if you don't, you know, uh, message us at Duke um, <laughs> Retro Nonsense. Just give him all the hate. I've got. I've heard enough about. Uh, <laughs> About specials and stuff, so get let Duke carry some of this baggage. <laughs> yeah, was this a special or a movie or a rom com? What, what was Andor? Um, we'll just, we'll oh, you know what? what? I is. did have. Hold on, man. I, again, I'm not. We're not rehashing this, but I did have one more point that just came to mind about the special thing. <laughs> oh How gosh. things change as far as what they're called. Um, you remember when we used to have series and that were short? They weren't really a big series. What do we call them? A mini series, a mini series, right? Yeah. But they don't call them mini series no more. They call them limited series. So, it's it, what I'm trying to say is it's marketing. You know what I mean? Okay. Somebody yes. back there said this sounds better. Let's call it limited. But I love these limited series. I I love them. You can give me, you know, and and to me, I don't think limited means just. You know, I guess. In the classical sense, it's usually just one season or, you know, a smaller amount of episodes. But the fact that they know this is only going to be two seasons, to me, kind of makes it a limited series. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not, yeah for sure. It's not going... I, I wouldn't call it mini at all, but the limited aspect to this, uh, I think that might be the nuance. Maybe limited or mini was five or less, maybe, but... Um, but this well, limited so series... much story they can tell in this gap, and also you have to consider yeah. that Rogue One came out how many years ago, and now these actors yeah. are supposed to be younger than they were, sure. five years younger than they were in Rogue One. So you keep on, you can't keep playing with that too much because <laughs> no, you got to you got to get down to business here. <laughs> yes, yeah. get hurry up and get this over with so it can look somewhat. It, they don't realistic. look like they've aged. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I don't know. They love using that CGI, uh, polishing people's faces up. Yeah. But I didn't notice any of that. I don't. I mean, if it was happening, good job on them because. I don't think they're old enough to where they have to do that. And the guy, the actor that plays Andor, has got to be in his early thirties. I mean, he's not. He's not well, old. Well, the so. the one uh, the one guy, um, what's his name? He has the jacked up eye. The jacked up eye. Uh, the black Saul, guy. Saul, Saul Guerrero. Is that his name? Uh, yeah, that's um uh, Forrest Whitaker. For, there you go, Forrest Whitaker. I'm sorry, Forrest. I, mm-hmm. I just I'm bad with names. Um. He's also in um, Rogue One, is he not? Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, thankfully, he looked like a mess in both movies, so I guess it's easy <laughs> yeah. to hide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but um, I, I well, love it, the fact that they're able to get these, you know, like, I mean, that's like that's a real actor there. You know what I mean? Like, 
Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. guy who's done many movies and oh, stuff. Yeah. He's been around for a long time. You know, he's got a lot of credibility. Absolutely. Well, I think it's clear to say that Duke and Chris both highly recommend. Yeah, uh, and and you know Go what? Check it In out. all honesty, uh, you give me a, a real solid season like this. This might leapfrog um, the Mandalorian. I don't know. I just uh, I just wasn't emotionally prepared to say it's better. But damn, mm-hmm. this is good. This is yeah. really good. Absolutely. All right. Well, one more thing I forgot to mention. Uh, I got a new puppy uh, for my wife for Christmas, essentially. Uh, to replace the gaping hole in our hearts from having to put down our family dog um, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, our our I can't remember if I mentioned it on our last show or not or if it happened after our last show, but our dear Jack-Jack had to be put down. He was 13 years old. He was the best dog we ever had and the best dog anybody could have ever had. He was a perfect dog, and he was it was difficult to have that emptiness in our house, I guess, so we waited a little while, and... The timing was right, and we got another golden retriever, and this one is a female, and her name is Clara Jo, and um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that we got a new puppy, so um, Ollie, our other dog that we have that we rescued during the pandemic, now has a, a playmate again. One of the driving forces behind this was Ollie had become very kind of mopey and sad since Jack has passed away, and we wanted to give him a, a playmate because he just wasn't doing well. You know, dogs can right. can mourn and, and go through some tough Absolutely. times when they, they lose their alpha. Too. Yeah, so we were concerned about his behavior and him being so kind of lethargic and stuff, and just wasn't playing anymore. And so we got him, a, you know, a friend and a, a companion. So that's part of the driving so force you behind. Weren't, you weren't moping a little. Uh, <laughs> well, I think we all were. <laughs> I think we all were. It, it was it was hard. You know, it's, it's, it's tough when you lose a family pet that's Absolutely, been around man. since my kids were very, very young. And they're, as I mentioned before, they're older now. And that was a big, big chunk of their life, having Jack-Jack Jack around. So that was hard, but we have a brand-new puppy to, you know, sort of fill the void. Nobody can fill the void of Jack-Jack. No, he but, was just... I mean, it's okay to, to get another... I mean, but, it's great. But Clara Jo is a... It, yeah. Yeah, she is a sweet puppy, and she is adorable, and she's... So far, easy to train, and we're just very, very happy to have a, a new family pet. So yeah. just real quick, okay. too, the, the, the name, if, if anybody's wondering, because I, I think Clara Joe's is a really cool name for a dog. So we picked – well, we have a, a, a history of naming our pets after a Christmas-themed names. So the first pet that I ever got, Tara, when we first got married, was a cat, and we got her around Christmas time, and her name was Noel. And then our second cat, we got around Christmas. We rescued her. She came to our door in the middle of December during a freezing cold day, and we just kind of rescued her. And we named her Holly, and she's still around today. She's our cat, our current cat. And then we got Jack, and he his name was Jack Rudolph, and we named him after Jack Frost and Rudolph because we got him around Christmas time. And so Clara was the, is the main character in The Nutcracker, which I just mentioned that Anna was in. So we thought, oh, that's a... That's a cool name to name her. And initially, I, I wanted to call her Jovi. That, in fact, her name was Jovi for a couple of days, and I named her Jovi after the female character in Elf. You know, the, the not girl, after um... Bon Jovi. <laughs> no, not not that kind of Jovi. Um, the girl in Elf's name was Jovi. You know, uh, uh, Deschanel was her name. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, Will Ferrell's love interest. Yeah. I guess that's a rom-com too, right? So. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Let's but, not um, go back there. Let's keep The going. kids protested because they didn't get to help out naming her. That was kind of my idea. So we compromised with Clara Jo. So that's how she got her name. So anyway, I just thought I'd close the show with that little kind of positive notion there that we got this new family pet for Christmas, and we're very excited about it. So that is it. Anything else from you, Chris? No. All right, well, let me know um, in the Discord what you decide to play, what you decide to challenge me with this this month in the, you know, for our retro game, if, if you want. No pressure. Yeah, if you don't yeah, feel like it, you don't have time. A, give me a few days. Well, I'll, I'll try my best. And then we'll look forward to find out what Matt uh, picks for next month. Uh, until then, we will see you. Thanks for joining in, and we'll, we'll see you next time.